scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. Slightly grilled, yeah, that's not that. Yeah, that's not that. I would say I feel that way. Wow. Do you like watch a lot <laughs> You just know. You just know. That's how that too. You ever caramelize anything before? It's pretty it's pretty easy. But Only onions. Um when it comes to like burning sugar or caramelizing with sugar, I don't really know much about it, and yeah. I would just know. The one thing I do know is I hate to clean the pan after. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's how I felt about my first time making uh, aioli. It was uh, it was delicious. It was when you uh, when you mince. You ever mince? Finely chop and then fry. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's tough. It's tough to clean. It's hard to do, especially with like garlic or something. Oh, all right, let's get into it. Yeah, you kids ready to hear some high value yodeling? By <laughs> yes, yes, some yes, of the best yodelers in in the entire whole... state. Some of the best yodelers are here tonight, folks. Yep, and I want to introduce the first one. His name is Crying Hawaiian. Hello. <laughs> you introduced me. So uh, like What's up? <laughs> and I am your host, Captain Death, and there will be no yodeling on tonight's episode. Tune in next week. Well, for I mean, else. don't count it out. There may be some yodeling. Oh, Stick fuck. around. Find out. Just turn around on me like that. Yeah, I mean, so, um, who's to say we haven't yodeled? There are a couple things. I realized last time we got so lost in discussion that I didn't actually talk about anything relevant. And by relevant, I mean this episode is going to come out months from now, so I got to make sure to actually talk about things that people might care about a couple months from now, or maybe missed. Okay. Um, you know, I would like to think not, but things do slip by. And um, things of note, I tend to think. Like current events. Whether or not, well, uh, releases, you know, like things in horror that happened recently. And it's like, today, I watched a movie on Netflix that'll hopefully still be up by the time this episode comes out. Um, It was French-Canadian horror zombie um, so post-apocalyptic, but it, it picks up, you know, in media race, which means, Oof. you know, right in the middle of, and, uh, you kind of just follow these people around this landscape, and I haven't seen, um, the infected done in this light before, you know, to this tenacity, I guess, um, because they all scream like they're from Left for Dead, and I really, Ugh. I liked it. I liked that you hear them coming because they're constantly like howling and that's kind of how it is in Left 4 Dead, you know, when they're around corners because you're hearing like and like <laughs> in in Ravenous, the title of this movie, mm-hmm. Ravenous on Netflix, uh it is French 
Um, so it's like live so it is so it is subtitles. I don't I don't suggest anyone listen to to dubs. Um, what? Why? <laughs> because you miss emotion of the intended language. I gotta say, depending on what you watch, it could be amazing. Like Bojack An- Horseman, for example. Animated animated things is where it's an exception. Yeah. Because yeah. because they're pretty much doing it themselves. Uh-huh. Many people in animated flicks tend to change inflection of tones from one language to another, and you can't really do that in live action without looking super awkward like a Tokyo Godzilla dub. So, um, yeah, I would just say, like, you know, Dark on Netflix, I know I've talked about it, one of the best Mm -hmm. shows to air last year, and it's like, it's German. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't... You can listen to it with a dub, but it's, it's like, laughable, you know? So just... So just, you know, just read along and listen to the emotion in their voices because that's how they intended it. And so much shit gets, like, lost when instead you're listening to, no, listen to me. It just, it doesn't sound right because no, no studio nails live adaptation dubs like the animated studio uh, Ghibli from Japan. Mm. They recast their stuff with Hollywood actors um, when it gets dubbed and sent to America. Um, they're the Pixar of Japan. So, um, anyway. Shout out to Pixar. <laughs> Ravenous. And Pixar. Ravenous. And um, Sorry. Totally okay. Uh, Ravenous is good because... I, I just constantly kept thinking of Left 4 Dead, which is one of the most fun video games I've ever played, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. specifically online and specifically of the zombie genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they do so many fun things, and yeah. the movies are and, and the and the game is so to the point that anyone can pick it up and be good at it, you know, yeah, that's in, what in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Agree. I have so many fun experiences I could I could think about and talk about. It's like in high school I used to play weekly online with Frowns, uh, Terry the Tickler, Harold Heavy Hands, Bunch of Baby Ducks, uh, Sir Boo Berry. We would just all play Left for Dead on like Tuesdays. Django mm-hmm. Phillips, I know he hopped on there at one point. Um, Tom Bong I've just we used to have four v four you know matches and it was just fun. And the way that those fucking zombies scream sounds exactly like Ravenous. And that only helped me enjoy the movie more because the zombies, um, they're not even quite zombies. They're kind of just crazy people. Oh, okay. So they're and not the undead or anything. But they, you know, they are because they're like brain dead. You know, they're, they don't really react to anything. But I mean, as far as the process of, you know... I'd most compare them to the rage virus of oh, okay. 28 days and 28 So they're actually later. biologically alive, right? I want to say yes. The process of uh, decomposition and... and uh, Decapitation is pretty much the only way to, like, take them out a shot to the head, you know, kind of thing. So even it's, if crippled, they'll... I'm, I'm of the understanding that when the guy... Uh, there's a zombie that gets his leg chopped off at one point and he keeps crawling and screaming and, you know, not attending to his wound. I'm of the I'm of the understanding that he would continue doing that 
until he died. So there okay. is like a, so a, like a, a bleed point, okay. a bloodlet gotcha. point, but I'm sure until his dying fucking breath. See, I like that much more. Yeah, because then something so, supernatural-ish. Well, no, I, then something that they try to pass off as scientific, like... This body is dead. Like, kind of like um, yeah. The Walking Dead, the way they take it. Walking Dead, Night of the Living Dead, you know? Yeah, it's like... The body becomes something else. The body... Yeah, it's, it's such a bad thing to be inside of. Yeah, even if somehow that thing did become alive. It, it, or become animated. Unless it was by some form of magic. And I'm talking like some on some Lich King Rise from the Dead type shit. But no one is expecting a magic twist at the end of Walking Dead. No. Well, oh my god, if it was... I don't that's, know. If the, that's why... Thematically, that's, it's completely off. Imagine just, though, as a fucking theme. Like, I mean, not as a theme. I, like, how shook would a lot of people be if they one season sh- they just started finding Their out Their cups would runneth over. They would be shooketh. <laughs> they would be. You uh, know they would be if it had some kind of, um, yeah. kind of Necronomicon twist at the end. Yeah. I think that would piss a lot of people like, off. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Or um, even if they went I don't even know it. why either, because the show's fucking ridiculous, and it's only gotten worse over time. And and the books should have stopped. I, I don't when know. When the show started? I don't know. I, no. I always... I read... I, I was... um. I read years before the show started, and uh. I stopped after All Out War with the Alphas and the Whispers. Um... I just didn't... I didn't care anymore. I found that most of the fun characters that I did enjoy were either dead or have completely changed to be more um, mainstream and lose all, like, grit Uh to kind of coincide. I mean, Andrea is the only exception. She's still alive in the books, and she is the one who's romantically um, entangled with Rick, but she's also a great shot. And has learned over time to be, like, a powerful sniper. So, um... She's kind of several characters from the show combined. Mm -hmm. And and she was one of the only reasons I kept reading at the time. But then she got, like... She got, like, roped into being romantically involved with Rick out of nowhere. And I was just like, eh. Yeah. Uh, but, uh... It's kind of my gripe with the show. I feel like I just stopped caring and, uh... I would say around season three... Is when I stopped giving a shit, but I kept watching until season eight. I never, I, I didn't get into the books too much. I knew about their existence, but it just wasn't my thing. For little bits that I did see, um, it's just not my bag. I'm not really crazy about gore. Um, hmm. Yeah. I just don't find it that inter- like entertaining. It has to be used to a certain extent. Right. Um, nothing really about it gripped me. I didn't really care for the characters that much. The storyline was. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, um I'm a pr- I'm a proud I, I believe it was Moore was the original intended illustrator mm-hmm. and he got taken over by Adlerd and I got to say Moore if Moore had drawn and continued to draw the novel I would have been so much more into it because his mm-hmm. style was so much more emotive Mm-hmm. I think what's so bad about the books is that the characters look so fucking stale, and it's so hard to read them and give a shit. And more was like um, over emotive, but it worked for the style and it worked for the context. It had a um, Hitchcock esque over exaggeration 
mm-hmm. factor, like the original Night of Living Dead, which is what I liked so much about it. It's like the people reacted to things so, ah, you know, mm-hmm. less, less just, oh shit, I got bit out of nowhere. I'm going to scream now. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just, you have to, you have to page to page compare the two styles and just see how fucking flat Mm -hmm. Adlerd has been for the last, you know, I want to say 10 years. Anyway, Ravenous is super good. If it's still on Netflix, everyone should check it out because it's one of the best, um, one of the best versions of zombies I've seen in a while. And I watch a lot of zombie shit, Mm -hmm. even like C, C grade, D grade, whatever you want to fucking call them. Um, I watch a lot of zombie shit, and when I like something zombie-related, it's it's good. I, I'm sure we talk about that a lot in episode 86 as well. Zombies are cool and all, but man, I'm ready for that dino apocalypse scene to make a big... It's gotta blow up. It's gotta be a thing. Especially by now, by the time this episode comes out. If the world goes the right way, there's like... Has anyone ever done that? I don't know. The only thing I could think of was Ito, and, that, and he just... Gio, or Gaio, is about fish. Mm-hmm. It's not about dinosaurs, but, you know, it, at one point, there's, like, a giant fucking shark that they didn't think would have existed, you know. But, I mean, Gio is also Japanese, and by uprise, I mean, um, essentially, the entire novel, um, manga, is if fish had giant robotic limbs and climbed on, <laughs> and climbed on land. Oh, shit. Uh, and took over the fucking race, like insects. And it's super graphic, and it's awesome. And it's one of the coolest Ito mangas, because Ito is, um, he's the master of horror Mm. in Japan. See, now, if either a dinosaur or an insect apocalypse, I think, would would be amazing as a a film concept. Well, then... Because if insects were bigger, I mean, we'd be in trouble, you know? Them... That was the 1930s, where they superimposed ant footage over people shooting and running. Ugh. You know, the black and white. Have you ever heard of Earth Defense Force? No. It's this really cheesy Japanese video game, um, but it's really fun in that same sense of Left 4 Dead, where, like, anyone can pick it up and play. You're just shooting at, like, giant ants that invade from space. And they're, like, crawling all over Japan and shit. And uh, Earth Defense Forces come to try to stop them. Holy fuck. That looks like... Hold on, go back? Alright. The only way I can describe this for those listeners is like a giant ribbed dildo riding on a steel cricket. A giant... I believe it's a sperm whale. Oh, no wonder. So, yeah. A sperm whale-sized ribbed thing uh comes crawling on a looks like a it's just the bottom of a look at the bottom of a, of a millipede or something yeah they're like they're like robot insect legs kind of oh that's horrible it's awesome yeah Gio's. i mean Gio's, it's awesome Gio's pretty that, nuts and ito yeah. you know land sharks land sharks you know what, what more do you have to worry about yeah that's what's so fun about ito ito's just fucked he's fucked for no reason yeah. These are all the things you wouldn't want to happen to you or your town. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if dinosaur, you know, zombie dinosaur thing has happened yet. Oh, no, not zombie dinosaur, just dinosaurs. Just dinosaurs coming back. Or maybe, like, I don't know, 
like a hollow earth kind of thing. They just come out from caves. Hot, like a yeah. journey to the center, but reversed. Yeah. Like a subterranean. Takeover. Like Super Mario Bros. the movie, 1990. Oh, shit. Just, come on, man. No one needs to bring that up. I love Actually, that. no, that movie I wasn't love that bad. that movie. I love how bad it is. I actually relish how fucking lost those people were when they made that movie. And I actually still kind of enjoy it. And, like, a lot of people judge me for that because I'm supposed to be this, like, knowledgeable film person that could, like, distinguish between, like, art house and avant-garde shit. But, like, really, when you when you get down to it, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo make a real fucking good Mario and Luigi. And they're... The, Except and they're what John you Leguizamo watch, needs to be taller. They're what you're watching throughout the entire fucking movie. Yeah. So, yeah, Dennis Hopper isn't the best Bowser. But, I mean, they couldn't exactly get fucking Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince But they couldn't there. get, like, Goombas to look like Goombas. I mean, that's, behind the, that's besides the point. I think sure. it was still a fun movie in that the way they made that, like, city-like Koopa Kingdom, you know? Yeah, let's not let's not joke around. If the video game was like that, people would eat that shit up. So if, like, yeah, if, they if made the like video a su- game was a post-apocalyptic mushroom kingdom, yeah. and, and they were just regular dudes who needed like weapons to get by, people like a Duke Nukem of uh-huh. Mario, like people would eat that shit up. So I, like, I, I mean, don't know why it gets so much hate, but yeah, it does. Because when you think about it, the whole like, it's like synth. Uh, it was like Judge Dread. It was like the 90s Judge Dredd uh-huh. combined with Mario, and people, like, hated it. And I was just like, but Judge Dredd is hokey as fuck, and it's about space cops. Like, I'd rather it have a, a little bit of laugh and be fucking stupid. You know the, um... The new Dredd was fantastic. Though. Yeah, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Like, yeah, the you whole, know, Blade Runner. Yeah, like, the whole cyberpunk um, aesthetic... That was really what the uh, Koopa Kingdom looked like. It was. It, was. Yeah. it absolutely was. It was taking. It was taking a note from Judge Dredd. It mm-hmm. was taking a note from Blade Runner. It was mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, okay, we want this world to exist, then and make them kind of evolved. Then we need it to look like a fucked up version of what we, you know, RoboCop." Yeah, and if and if they made like a Mario sixty four or like Mario Super Mario Sunshine type game with that setting. You're right. People would eat that shit up. Yeah, and and you know if we if we really analyze it, there have been you know several levels and parts of Mario games over the years mm-hmm. where they do go into a city atmosphere mm-hmm. of of that caliber. I mean, the only thing I can think of right now is Mario Kart Eight, mm-hmm. which is the um, Neo Bowser City map. Mm-hmm. It looks like you know a kid-friendly version of the fucking Bowser City from, from the 90s movie. You know, mm. it's just, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, nostalgia isn't always just terrible when you revisit it. Mm. Because the Super Mario Bros. movie is terrible, but it has spunk. And that's what keeps me watching it. Anyway, we got a lot like of porn. shit to... Yeah, like porn. We got a lot of shit to read 
so we're just gonna hop into it. I believe we have five parts. I'm gonna start this time, if that's cool with you. That's perfectly cool and fine. I'm just, yeah. Uh, so this episode may be part two of our Ouija board. Let me read the title again. A Ouija board is not a good idea ever. Part two. The episode is part two. If you were following along with us in the story, I don't know who would do that. This is part seven on Reddit No Sleep. Screwing with my stuffed dog crossed the line. That's right. That's how it ended. It ended yeah. with, it ended with bullshit. The eviscerating of her fucking of her stuffed animal. Right. Old Sarah dude. and Liz. I did remember their names. Yeah. I guess we we didn't really talk about it. Yeah, we um, haven't even touched on the story that we were going to get into. And we're just jumping into it. Yeah. Uh, I liked the first part. I did mention that it needs to keep escalating to keep me interested. Yeah. And we also said that if Liz dies, we would like this a lot more. Because then there would be actual stake. Yeah, I don't, like I said, Or I if, almost... like, Father, Father, what's his dick came back? Father Bob. He might die. Father Bob. I, Father if, Bob. If he, like, came back or they found out he died... And that's how the Ouija board came back. Like, that would be cool. Yeah. I would like that too. I just, I, I, it hasn't escaped the realm of two college bitches fooling around with shit they didn't understand. Right. Um, and I want for it to be better than that and elevate itself a little bit. I almost can't see how this will end without any of the characters we've met, at least one of them dying. I mean, I mean, I can. I don't want it to, but I can absolutely see them making it out of this perfectly okay. But then how is she so fucked up and, like, what is the thing that pushes her to the edge to put this on the internet, then? What is the thing that makes That's her think point. about this to come back? Something definitely broke her in this. And uh, hmm. it's gonna be worse than her seeing a fucking creature in her mirror, but not touching it. I mean, not seeing it in real life. It's gonna be, it's gonna be traumatic. I don't know. I could just see them... I could see them turning it and just being like, and today's the anniversary of this fucked up time I did this thing. Thanks for listening, folks. This better fucking not. I'm gonna find it. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's like the, that's the CBS version, you know? Ugh. CBS version. You know, I... Made for TV. Thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> another thing I had to put down. I can't do the fucking, the arrow or the flash anymore or any of that. I can't, like, suspend... Nope. Stopped that this year, too. Yeah. I can't suspend the belief and think it's gonna get better anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is a soap opera with fucking superheroes layered on top. Ouija board, Ouija board shit. Yeah, I don't want it to go the CW way. I don't want it to, but I can see it happening. Oh. And it's such a I'm sad not. World to live in. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that it's not gonna go that way. I just want it to be better because I think as a Reddit no sleep winner, it it should. Oh, is this a Reddit no sleep winner? It's a monthly. Yeah, it's a monthly that that got notoriety, whether it placed or honorably mentioned, or whether or not it was a month winner of no sleep. Um, it was. It it had some. Well, it should be pretty good. Should have a pretty spoopy ending. Yeah, I think all good stories should make you apprehensive about sleep and night. Uh, sure, specifically on no sleep. Yeah. And and this is the first Duh. time I realized. This is the first time I realized that she addresses the demon as Abaddon, which you confirmed because I don't think they ever outright said it last time. Yeah, they didn't. And I just just from the spelling, I was like, oh god. Yeah, I mean, they spelled it last time, but I don't think she ever referenced it. 
Yeah. Screwing with my stuffed dog crossed the line. That's just pathetic. In a way, I kind of felt sorry for Abaddon, or whatever it was that was trying to make my life a living hell. If he, she, it, Wombo, had to resort to screwing with a stuffed animal in order to strike fear into the hearts of many or just me, then they seriously need some pointers. Sure, he, she, it still scared the hell out of me, but a part of my fear was broken, so to say. I would initially get frightened, but then think of Floppy and would immediately get more angry than scared. I still didn't have any ideas on how to get my revenge, but I knew if I bided my time long enough, I'd figure it out. I just had to be patient and try as hard as I could not to let this thing get to me anymore. The next supernatural part came directly after a very funny story, one of my favorite memories with Liz. Yes, I know this is no sleep, but this is too funny not to write. It's great. <laughs> Seg. So a few days later, Liz comes up to me and says that she hasn't been able to get any sleep because of a woodpecker outside her house. I heard the pecking and knew it wasn't a woodpecker, but who am I to shatter someone's delusional rationale for demonic activity? Liz, in my intense anger, was the only thing giving me a fighting chance, and I wanted to protect her from as much as possible. So we sat in her living room, trying to come up with some crazy MacGyver-esque way to get the bird to leave. Pretty soon, it was time to go to church. It was Liz's idea to go to church at least once a week, and though I still wasn't very religious, I went for the hell of it. <laughs> there we were, sitting in the middle of church listening to the Catholic priest tell us about how much money they needed for some project or something when Liz turned to me out of the blue. I've decided I don't want it to fly merrily into the sunset. I want it dead. Liz whispered with the most serious face she could muster. I almost burst out laughing, right there in the middle of the homily. Fair enough, friend, I whispered back and tried to stop the giggles. It felt so good to giggle after everything, and I knew it just pissed he she it off when I giggled. It also pissed off the Catholics, unluckily enough, to sit around us. So after church, we tried to figure out how we kill the woodpecker. Liz didn't agree with my plan of a spear gun for some reason and instead suggested a BB gun. Off to Walmart, we went dressed in our Sunday best. So there Liz and I are in the middle of the sporting goods section at a country Walmart. Looking at BB guns and ammunition, one of the employees comes over and asks us if we need any help. Yes, I have a bird. I want it dead. What BB gun would do the job, Liz said very matter-of-factly. I had to walk away to hide my laughter. Well, this here BB gun, the employee rattled on and on. No, I don't want to maim it. I want it dead. I want this bird to be deader than dead. I want the most powerful, most accurate BB gun you have. We finally decided on this super powerful BB gun with all the bells and whistles. Also because the woodpecker was near her window, Liz said she wanted to do a little target practice before the big kill so she didn't accidentally shoot out the window. Soon our cart was filled with camo hats and shirts, face paint targets, 20 CO2 things, and 10,000 rounds of BBs. We weren't kidding around. <laughs> Anyways, we went up to check outline. Liz agreed to buy the BB gun, and I agreed to buy the rest. The Walmart cashier didn't really look up at us when we got to the register and mindlessly asked Liz how she was today. Just as the employee grabbed the gun off the conveyor belt, Liz replied, <laughs> Oh, a little sad today, but not for long. 
The Walmart employee finally realized what she was holding in her hand and looked up at Liz with a horrified expression. Such a funny story. Liz didn't even crack a giggle. She just stared at the employee with a sad smile. I had to walk away to another register to hide my laughter. After laughing until our sides hurt in the car, we decided to drive into the woods for some target practice. Being in the sticks, finding some remote woods was not a hard thing to do. We started driving and passed this creepy old abandoned house. We kept driving, but something about the house seemed to beckon me. I tried to ignore it, as we finally found a place off to the side of the road about four miles from the main road. We painted each other's faces and put the camo gear on and started shooting. It was the best fun I had in a long time. We went through at least a half of the BBs and the CO2 things. We were both confident either one of us could accurately shoot the woodpecker. Driving back to the main road, we passed the abandoned house again. I slowed down. Was it my gut telling me to stop, or he, she, it? I couldn't tell, but then realized that even if it was Abaddon, I was hell-bent on not letting it ruin my life. Liz turned and looked at me. Want to explore? She asked. I nodded. Hell yes. I was fucking invincible. My life was my own again. I can do whatever the hell I want, even go into a creepy old abandoned house. Yeah, I know. I'm stupid. I'm glad she finally acknowledges it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I decided that I'm not going to read he, she, it anymore, because it's stupid that they know its name and they're just not saying it. Yeah. So we pulled over and grabbed the BB gun just in case. We decided to name it Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot. Get it? Yeah, I get it. I knew who Pat Benatar was <laughs> when I read the fucking line. We carefully climbed the overgrown hill to the open front door of this place. The outside of the house was painted a slate blue, but was extremely in ill repair. In some places, the paint had peeled so much, we could see the wood sitting underneath. As we walked into the open front door, we noticed the house seemed to have just been abandoned. There was old furniture still chilling in the living room, dust-covered photos on the walls, etc. There were also holes in the floor where the wood rotted away. As we went through the living room toward the kitchen, I started getting one of my flashes, but this one was different. Instead of seeing my friends and family in a mutilated flanked... That just sends some... It doesn't make sense. Instead of seeing my friends and family mutilated, flanked by equally as gruesome creatures, I could see flashes of people I didn't know being hacked to death with the hatchet near the same furniture I just saw in the living room. I tried to shake it off as we went into the kitchen. I know this is going to sound very cliche, but the table was definitely set for breakfast when we walked in, albeit a very dusty breakfast. It seemed like someone had set it up, but never got to eat. God only knows how long it was sitting there for. Based on the dust and cobwebs, I'm going to venture to say at least ten years, but probably more. It'd be rotten, Again, I got flashes of a mother-type figure in a checkered apron setting out the breakfast and being interrupted by screams coming from the living room. I got another flash of hacking bodies and could literally feel my heart drop, as if I was seeing it as the mother. It was surreal. We kept walking around and Liz wanted to go upstairs. I snapped out of my flashes and looked up at the second floor. I could have sworn I heard my name. Nope. Not going up there. I started to let my panic attack show. I had gotten very good at hiding my panic attacks as not to worry Liz. And asked her if we could leave. Liz, being the best friend in the world, agreed and we walked out of the non-existent front door. I nearly sprinted to the car, trying to ignore the overwhelming feeling that I needed to go back in. Can we just say... Yeah. She doesn't know what the fuck funny means. This no, she doesn't know funny. I think the funny part was supposed to be the woodpecker, and then it shifted when the 
Abaddon stuff. Oh, jeez. Came back. If that's funny, she's seriously under some bullshit. Cause, uh... Yeah, and, you know, it's it's not written no, really well, and the characters aren't entirely likable, so it's just like, I don't really give a shit. And, yeah. And, the, and like, this part kind of opened, like, filler part. Yeah. So I was just like, ugh. Let's just get through this. I don't know, I just found it strange. It's just, like, her is funny. It's, remember this time? We bought we a gun at Walmart and killed a bird? Or well, it's not even it? there. Yeah, it's not, we didn't kill a bird yet. And, like, my biggest problem is, like, the setup is gonna fall flat because, like, they're not gonna find it because it's not real. Yeah. Or it is, and the narrator's just fucking stupid. Yeah. That's not a funny joke. <laughs> I'm just saying. And her friend Liz is being mad weird. Um. Out of character. Like, in the middle of church, she's like, You know what? Let's go kill a bird! Let's kill the bird. Yeah. I don't know if Liz was also talking about a bird. Yeah. It's interesting. We sat in the car catching our breath. Liz didn't look at me, but said in a calm voice, The mom had a checkered apron on, didn't she? I was shocked. Liz got flashes, too. Turns out she didn't necessarily see anything like I did, but instinctively knew to an extent what I saw. What the fuck does that mean? We both looked up the house through the windshield and something in the upstairs window caught my eye. I strained to see what it was up there and once I did I felt my heart skip a beat. It was Will. Liz's dead ex who made everything stop. Maybe he could help me take control of this situation and plan my revenge. I hopped back out of the car and started running to the house. Liz was calling after me, but I didn't care. I wanted to see if I could communicate with him, to maybe understand what the hell was going on and figure out a plan of attack. I ran back into the house, barely missing the hole in the floor as you walk in the front door. I bolted up the stairs and tried to reorient myself as to which window I had seen Will at. I turned left down the hall and passed a pile of dirty laundry that had been sitting there for years. As I approached the bedroom, I believed I saw him. I heard Liz enter the house calling my name. I yelled that I was upstairs and kept walking in the room. I saw Will in the corner, smiling. I scaled back and went to get closer. All of a sudden, he disappeared. I was crestfallen. I heard Liz coming up the stairs. I kept staring at the place I saw Will standing. I heard Liz in the hallway. Suddenly, the air in the corner where he was started to shimmer. It's the best word I could think of to describe it. Suddenly, there was an image of Will with a noose around his neck. His eyes bulged, and his face was red and gray and bloated. His legs twitched. His toes scraped the floor, and I could hear a muffled gurgling sound, probably one of the worst sounds I ever heard. I heard Liz walk into the room. I tried to hide the sight from her, but thankfully she couldn't see it. I don't know what I would have done if she could see him. I would be so guilty. She asked if I was okay and what the fuck was wrong with me. I just shook my head and wanted to leave. I didn't know if this was just a ploy to make me more depressed, or if Abaddon really killed Will. Either way, I was pretty upset. I just wanted this all to end. We got back to the car and started driving back to campus. Liz wanted to stop for a coffee, but I wasn't exactly a fan of coffee shop at that point, so I waited in the car. I was still trying to figure it all out in my head when Liz got back with two cups of coffee. Liz, how did Will die? I blurted out. He hung himself. Why? She asked. No reason. Yeah. 
He had to have been hell-bent on killing himself. It's not easy to hang yourself when you're six seven. A fucking giant. He's huge. She said with a sad look on her face, No, no, it wouldn't. My heart broke for her. I don't think this person knows how college works or how tall people can be. Because 6'7 is, like, real fucking rare. Yeah. That's, like, huge. That's like Will was in the NBA. Yeah. A few days later, I had to go to my apartment to get some more clothes. I was basically living full-time with Liz at this point. I hated my weekly trips back to the apartment, but it had to be done. I walked in and was incredibly shocked to find that the apartment was a normal temperature and the blinds were all normal. I almost wanted to go pick up at Liz at her house to see if she'd throw up, but decided against it. I walked past the closet with the Ouija board inside and didn't hear any weird noises. I was cautiously optimistic. I continued past the bathroom and saw nothing amiss. What the hell? I continued to my room and braced myself for all my posters to be upside down because I had stopped trying to rearrange them after the 20th time. The posters were all right side up, and the Ouija board was on my bed. What the fuck? Seriously? Again? I started to walk out. Fuck that. Then I heard the pointer thing, or planchette as I've been told, scrape the board as it moved around. My head whipped back around and I saw it circling the board. H-E-L-P-M-E, it spelled out. I wondered if it was Will, but I was also scared it was just Abaddon fucking with me. I said no to the empty room. P-L-E-S-E-H-E-L-P-M-E. It spelled out again. Hell no, I replied, but I was glued to the spot. If on the off chance it was Will, I definitely wanted to help him. Will, I asked tentatively. Yes, H-E-L-P-M-E. How, I asked. B-R-I-N-G-L-I-Z. Oh, fuck to the no. I'm not bringing her, I yelled defiantly and tried to ignore it as I hurriedly grabbed all the clothes I could ever need from my dresser and closet. I could hear the planchette continue to move, but I was too pissed to look at it. You're fucking pathetic. Go away. You're not welcome here. I don't associate with lo with losers who fuck with stuffed animals. I kept saying in as much of a sing-songy voice as I could muster. I didn't want Avedon to know. I was terrified. I wanted to maintain control. I also started saying our father very loudly. You must think I'm as stupid as you are if you think I'm going to bring Liz here just because you asked, douchebag. Looking back, it was not the most eloquent fuck you speech I'd ever given. The next thing I knew, I was on the floor in my bathroom in the pitch dark. I could feel the freezing cold tiles underneath me and knew that if the lights had been on, I would be able to see my breath. I couldn't hear anything, but that didn't mean much. The cold was enough to alert me. I pissed something off, or at least... The calm before the storm, so to say, was over. I was still pissed, though, and I tried to focus on my anger rather than my intense fear. As I struggled to get up, my body was very sore and in the cold hard to move. I started singing, Jesus loves me, loudly, but I could switch the me to you every other line. I got to the door and wasn't really surprised to find it locked. I tried the light switch and again wasn't surprised to find that the lights weren't working. Jesus loves you, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. Motherfucker, I kept singing at the top of my lungs. I went on for a good five minutes, intermittently checking the door to see if it was unlocked. Nope, fine. I kept singing. And for anyone who has heard me sing, this is like hell itself. I hope both my words and my voice were torturing Abaddon. 
I heard some movement on the other side of the door like furniture scraping, I kept singing. Finally, I got tired of singing and started to pray aloud again. Every time I finished an Our Father or a Hail Mary, I'd screamed something to the extent of, I'm not scared anymore, asshole. I'm not scared of someone who has to fuck with stuffed animals to get their rocks off. Still not scared. After I'd say about 20 minutes of that, I got even angrier. I had shit to do and wanted to be out of the damn bathroom. I started praying again. And after each prayer, I'd shout, This is my house and I want you out. You are not welcome here. Get out of my house. I did this about five or six times. The sounds of furniture moving intensified, but I didn't allow myself to get scared. Finally, I yelled, If you don't let me out, I'm going to start singing again. I would have laughed really hard if the door opened right then and there. Hell, instead of fucking with my stuffed dog, Abaddon should have just held me down and made me listen to myself singing on a loop. That would have gotten the point across, but nothing happened at the door, it was still locked, but I started hearing a distant moaning coming from the outside door and it started to get colder in the bathroom. So true to my word, I started singing. The moaning turned slowly into laughter I heard the last time I was in the bathroom. <laughs> I kept singing, it got colder, I kept singing, I was starting to get scared, but I tried to focus on my anger, floppy, hole in his heart floppy. Suddenly there was a huge bang against the door which made me jump backwards and fall down. I smacked my head pretty hard on the floor. I have no idea if I lost consciousness or not. I could see stars swimming in the darkness and I felt my head pound with every breath I took. The laughter got extremely loud and just made my head pound even harder. I tried to continue to sing but the effort was killing me. I still wasn't scared per se. Just really annoyed and hesitant as to what the hell to expect next. What happened next, I couldn't have expected. As I listened to the laughter, I tried to sing Jesus Loves You in a whisper that wouldn't kill my head, but then I stopped because my ears picked up another sound, an unexpected sound. There was a buzzing sound coming from the shower stall behind me to my left. It was very faint, but I definitely heard it, because it was pitch dark in there. I couldn't see anything and started to freak out. What the fuck was that buzzing sound? I made myself get back up and head towards the door, still locked. I turned back around and tried to squint in the darkness, couldn't see a damn thing, but the buzzing continued to get louder and louder. The buzzing started to echo in the bathroom and my head throbbed along in time. I thought I felt something on my arm and brushed it off. The feeling returned to my other arm, then my face. Suddenly it felt like there were thousands of bugs crawling all over me, making this ear-piecingly loud buzzing noise. Now I know some people ask me if these bees were locusts, I honestly don't know. I didn't study them when they attacked the window at Liz's, and I definitely couldn't identify them when I was in the pitch black bathroom, because for the last five years I've referred to them as bees in my head. I will continue to call them that, but again I have no idea what they were and hope to never have the chance to find out. I started trying to swat them off of me and I felt a pinch, then another, then about five more. The bees were stinging me. I was deathly allergic to them. I started hyperventilating and could swear I felt my throat start to swell. I clawed at the door nothing. I felt like my skin was on fire. The buzzing got louder and louder. I could feel them in my ears and my eyes and my mouth stinging away. My throat started to close and my tongue was as thick in my mouth. It felt like the bees were crawling through my ear canal into my brain. Everything was being stung in one last ditch effort. I grabbed the doorknob on my way to the ground as I prepared to lay down and die. It opened. I stumbled out and immediately the buzzing 
and stinging stopped. I glanced quickly back into the bathroom and couldn't see anything. I looked at my arms. There was nothing there. I tried to take a deep breath. My throat was still slightly constricted. I ran over into the kitchen and grabbed my EpiPen. I slammed it down into my thigh and rushed over to the door to go to the hospital. What? But you just confirmed that it wasn't real. God damn it. When I pulled into the ER parking lot, I realized I had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. Sure, the EpiPen helps when I get stung, but it usually only buys me time, and that's when I'm stung by just one bee, not thousands. This shit was getting weirder and weirder. I'm not well, saying. I'm yeah. not saying that. I don't know. Well, I guess. I don't know. Why was that in there? Maybe the my girl part. No, because they edited it. They said they, it was an edit, so they can go back and change it. It was on Reddit, right? She probably, uh, yeah. whatever the that was she probably came back she probably just fucked it. she probably just fucked the names up and was just like oops <laughs> I, I don't know I still think this is written by like a lonely guy yeah anyway that was the end of part 7 it sucked I don't know I, I just, mean I it need, was scary I need definitely. this to be I need this to be better yeah we're getting the same shit part no this part. one was kind of worse I mean it Took time and memory from her again, which is tough. The only good thing it did was more shit with Will. I don't think that was it. I think that might have actually been Will. And might have been able to help, but because she was being... A bitch. yeah, Yeah, she was like... And she said explicitly and completely, I don't want you here, you're not welcome here. But she was saying that to Abaddon. No, she was saying that out loud to the entity in the room. She might have gotten the name wrong. But as we know, are messing we still, with spirits in the other realm. Are we still confused about Will and Abaddon? No, I'm not so much I just know that, like, these things don't necessarily have to use their own name. So that might have actually been Will. And she addressed the thing in the room, not so much Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Um, she still uses he, she, it in that. She, she was addressing the presence that she was, you know, in the presence of. I under I understand how you're looking at it, but this is also a no sleep story written uh-huh. by someone who isn't really good at writing. Uh-huh. And I think in order to keep things simple for an audience, I think the only differences we have are Will and Abaddon. And I think at this point it's become almost Abaddon captured Will earlier in the chapter at that random house and... Now he has him, and Will has only the power to use the Ouija board to contact the girl. And that Abaddon is choking him, choking his power uh-huh. in this in the equation. And I think that in order to simplify the story, but still make the protagonist look kind of dumb, they wrote he she it as just a repeated as. You know, the person doesn't believe in Abaddon, doesn't think it's a demon, but, like, for the sake of the story, it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And trying to quantify it as anything other than that is just confusing and and bad writing. I just try to. I don't think she is trying to say something other than a demon. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it was the real will, but. Maybe now she kind of like pushed it away. That's just my thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think been... it could have been, it could have been that, and it could have been, it could have been a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, he might have been able to help her from the apartment, but now doesn't want to because she isn't helping him. Mm. Um, but the the fuckery, the Tom fuckery, the repetitive Tom fuckery with the bugs, the noises, and the darkness and shit—that's mm-hmm. Abaddon. Yeah. You want to take part eight? Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure, by the way, if we uh, looked up some traits about that demon 
We would see something about bugs and cold. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I also think they're just... um, Those are also just... You know, those things pop up in possession and poltergeists a lot. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, ex- cold ex- exorcisms need mm-hmm. to be done when when bugs are involved because then it's an otherworldly threat. Um, what is it? Pestilence. You know, it's one of the fucking four of the uh, the horsemen. Yeah, and it's one of the um one of the things that sticks with a presence. You know, they say flies and cockroaches and yeah, centipedes and centipedes and shit. They they tend to uh, stick to evil shit real well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is part eight. Ugh. I was still pretty. I mean, well, you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was still pretty angry at Abaddon, but fear started creeping back into my consciousness. While most things I'd experienced up until then were unexplainable, being attacked the, by the use of quotes, bees. repetitive use of quotes. Yeah, and there's like no way for me to like accentuate convi- that. Yeah. yeah. I just but gotta like use they'll get it that way. My I've been trying voice. to do it too. Yeah. yeah, I've been trying to do it. I just <laughs> um, and all the symptoms and signs of anaphylactic. Anaphylact. Thank you. Anaphylact. <laughs> I didn't even. For a moment, my mind had a system error. Had yeah. to like reboot. Yeah. Um, while most things I ex- I experienced up until then were explainable, being attacked by bees, and then. All symptoms and signs of anaphylactic randomly disappearing had me questioning my sanity. Did I imagine it? Is it trying to wear me down to get in my head? Is it already there? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. A we, few we weeks. We said this at like part three. Yeah. <laughs> we, like we, I, we were like, I'm, this person shit. I, I kind of didn't I say like this is exactly how all stories of demonic oppression slash possession. Starts. It wears you down. They're, they're, yeah, they're intensified by the mental handicap. Yeah. A few weeks went by with the normal crap happening. The flashbacks, the flashes, the blinds, the cold, etc. Uh, it got to the point where it was just commonplace to see my naked grandmother on the side of the road being ripped apart by demonic dogs. Interesting. Oh. It's funny how the human mind can uh, desensitize itself instead of being horrified. I just think to myself, oh, it's a brown demonic dog this time. Last time, it was a pretty gray color. Huh. I knew I was depressed. I knew I was losing hope. Fast. I knew I had to figure out some way of kicking the shit out of it soon, or, uh, or else I would either completely lose my shit or be completely overtaken by it. If given the option, I'd rather lose my shit and spend the rest of my life in a nice padded cell making beautiful macaroni and fruit loop necklaces with floppy, rather than uh, giving it control. But apparently, I was too stubborn for that. <laughs> it was around that time I started doing some research from the safety, from the safety of my car at Liz's apartment. I searched for Ouija board stories and the like. I was flooded by information about. How we did it wrong. <laughs> that was us, part one. Go yeah. back an episode. Yeah. Uh, there was no silver on the board. We only had two people. We didn't say goodbye. That's fucking... That's the big one. Yeah. Even I said that in 34 and 35. You got, like... 
You yeah, gotta turn dude. off your webcam when you're not using it, dude. Yeah. I initially had the intention to fuck with Liz. We let it go in circles. We left the planchette on the board and not in use. Etc, etc, etc. Well, we had managed pretty much to break most of the rules. Great. Then I moved on to the name that had spelled out on the board when I was alone. Yeah, no. Definitely shouldn't have looked that one up either. Well, this research was going swimmingly. I fucking told you, bitch. Even though I can't talk to a story, but still, I, I told you. I like I that first line. Yeah. I started looking up ways to deter a demon. Yeah, at least she's going in the right direction now. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I read about Sage. <laughs> Sage. Crystal. Sage. <laughs> Crystal. Okay. Serious Sage, crystals, and other things. <laughs> And all kinds of other things. Yes. Because we went to college in the middle of nowhere, I could have run to my local mystic shop down the road and get sage and crystals. <laughs> I still think they live in Illinois or somewhere. Yeah. Where, have you read um, Dady David Wong? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like they live in undisclosed. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> like, hilarious, yeah. She's just, obviously she's not too fucking bright. Me and Disco love David Wong. So Hell Yeah. yeah. We talk about that shit a lot. Uh, John dies at the end. Books full of spiders. Did you uh, get to what the hell did I just read yet? No, not yet. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, this reminds—I feel like they live in undisclosed in like Indiana. They keep on matching in the middle of nowhere, and yeah, it'd be funny because she's kind of dumb. So it'd be hilarious if like she wanted some way to deter or help with this. And this guy named John shows up. But no, no, not better than this guy named John shows up. Probably went to high school with John and literally does not think about or know his existence. <laughs> That's better, yeah. That's better, yeah. Like puts it up on Craigslist. <laughs> All right, I, I ordered it online and uh, depleted most of my bank accounts overnight. It to me, I tried to fix the chain to cross my necklace uh, that I bought at the Christian bookstore, but it was tangled within an inch of its life. There was no fixing that couldn't even get the cross to put off on another chain. I contemplated going back to the Christian bookstore, but the lady was creepy. I didn't need to add any additional creepiness to my life. Then I realized I had never called Father Bob after I realized the Ouija board had magically returned to my apartment. I remember thinking to myself in this weird, devoid of emotion voice like, Damn. Well, I hope he's not dead. That'd be a drag. I mean, that's kind of what I thought, though. I think the he's dead, too, but how is she not, like, thrown off by this devoid of emotion-like voice in her head, you know? Yeah. How is she not, like, concerned about any of the shit that's happening to her? Solid point. Like, oh, you, you dumb bitch. Anyway, I don't need to, you know, excuse my Spanish. I was confused by my desensitized nature, but I shrugged it off. <laughs> I think she's just saying, you know... When shit's real hitting it, you know, you kind of have to keep moving. Yeah, you're in the war zone. You don't think about the horrible shit, I guess, until it's it's over. over. Um, Which she better feel responsible for if they fucking die. Yeah. If both of these people die. Fucking end of lives. People who tried to help your ass. Yeah. All because you got sick with the devil. (laughs) Anyway. I was confused by my desensitized nature, but shrugged it off along with everything else. I looked up his number and gave him a call. No answer. Well, hell. That sucks. 
I left him a message, something along the extent of, Hey, uh, uh, hey, Father Bob, it's Sarah. You know, Sarah and Liz. The dumbasses with the Ouija board? I don't know why I'm doing that to her voice. Shit, sorry. Ignore my language. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a bit of a problem. And I hope you're, uh, you're okay and you're not dead or anything and can help. Uh, the board is back in my apartment. And it's spelling out some scary sh sugar honey iced tea. By itself, without me touching it. Um, things have been really escalating, too. I'm kind of losing it. I, I think I need some help. I, I, I just don't know what else to do. Uh, I just ordered some sage and some protection crystals and sh uh, crap like that. But it's not coming until tomorrow. So, yeah. Anyways, if you're not dead or whatever, could you call me back? Thanks. I'm not very good on voicemails. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, she's not very good on voicemails. Um, I hung up the phone and went back to my research. <laughs> I decided to look up Will. Uh, I started by stalking him on Facebook. His page was still active. A lot of people posting about how much they missed him. It, it was a real drag. I started looking at the pictures of him and Liz uh, from when they were together. They looked so happy. Weirdly mismatched because of their height. I mean, he was 6'7", and Liz is like 5'3". Um, <laughs> at least they, like, talked about it. Yeah, they had to bring it up. Literally. Yeah, had to bring it up again. Again, she Madlet's BTFO. She needed a step stool to fucking <laughs> touch his cock. <laughs> uh. Okay. But extremely cute in their mismatchedness. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah, terrible. Uh, anyway, I tried to figure out how to how he fit into this whole mess, but the only thing I can come up with was uh, either he's involved because we tried to contact him with the Ouija board, or because he's like Liz's guardian angel or something. I don't like. I still have no idea if I believed in guardian angels or not, but at this point, I was open to anything. With all the crap I'd experienced, I wouldn't have been faced by a fucking flying saucer dropping down in front of my car. 99% of people go through life without realizing the full gravity of the world universe. World or universe in which they live, um, in which we live. They float through life without realizing we're constantly surrounded by a fight between good and evil. And that there is so much more to life than just us. That blissful ignorance was definitely something I missed. And still miss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I stopped looking at Will's Facebook page because it was it was it was bumming me out. I mean, I wish I could somehow communicate with Will the next time I saw him, whenever that was. I hadn't seen him since the incident in the abandoned house, but uh, and uh, and then maybe Liz, you know, maybe give Liz some closure. Uh, I know, I know, she thought she may have gotten away. Uh, she may have gotten something with the Weezy board, uh, but I wasn't certain that was him talking. You know, who knows. I had no fucking clue. Uh, nothing was certain. Everything I'd ever believed or not believed was up in the air, constantly being juggled. And I wasn't a good juggler. Boo-hoo. In the morning, my sake... <laughs> sake. <laughs> sake this thread. In the morning, my sage and crystals arrived. Uh, I decided, like a big fucking dumbass, to go back to my apartment and try to communicate with Will or give, uh, you know... It a piece of my mind. I'm not gonna blame this on Abaddon, 
controlling my actions. But I like to think that's why I decided to do this. I like to think that I'm not that fucking stupid. Yeah, but, well, who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe I am. Even though the necklace was twisted beyond help. It was silver. So I put that on the, uh, the coffee table. I lit a candle. Lit the sage. Probably looked like an idiot prancing around in the freezing cold apartment burning the sage and the... But I wanted to get every single nook and cranny, you know? I opened the drawers, chest, cabinets, refrigerator. Everything got a little bit of touch of... S Don't say sake. <laughs> get a little bit... Get uh, a little bit of that saga smoky. <laughs> Oh my god, everything got a little bit of Spooky that. Spooky sauge. That sage smoking it that day. Thankfully, I'm not that much of a dumbass. Because I thought to unhook the fire detectors. It was a bit smoky. After going through uh, four bundles of sage, I put the crystals around the room and started pouring salt as indicated in some of the posts read. People are dropping the salt hints. Yeah. Kosher. It's cool that people are like, yo, dude, you're so bad at this. I'm yeah. just gonna, like... Ugh, I'm gonna help you out. These are shit a six-year-old knows, man. I bet you this dumb bitch plays Bloody well, the Mary. Right, the right six-year-old, not all six-year-olds. No, all six-year-olds. They have, like, but secret right meetings about it. You ever seen Rugrats? Yeah. It's a lot like that. Yeah. The kids next door. Yeah. They, they know what's going down. Yeah, those aren't cartoons. <laughs> Um, I also grabbed across from the last place Abaddon put it. For those of you keeping track, it was in the toilet this time. And uh, put it on the coffee table as well. Took a deep breath of that smelly, smelly cross. That hot sage. <laughs> said a prayer and yelled that, Oh, Jesus. No evil spirits were invited and put my I knew I shouldn't be alone doing it, but I didn't see any way around it. I wasn't going to ask Liz. That's just mean. I wasn't going to involve anyone else while I ruined life. I tried to focus on Will's image in my head. William, are you there? Nothing. I waited around for a few minutes and still nothing moved. I went back to the computer, typed, how? <laughs> typed into Google. Alexa, how to contact a spirit by yourself? Doodle. Bitch, you crazy. Bitch, you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it would just play like uh, uh, a short clip of Antro of, of uh, what's it, the Andrew Dotson? I was gonna say the Exorcist. Oh. <laughs> Why? What were you thinking? The uh, the guy from that like viral video was like. Climbing in your window, snatching Snatch your Yeah, but the part where he's like, You are so dumb. Really, <laughs> really dumb. For real. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Like, Alexa would just play a short clip of that. Alexa, how to contact a spirit by yourself? You are so <laughs> dumb. Really I'm sorry. Dumb. You're a dumbass bitch. <laughs> or just do do You dumb. You dumb. Yeah. You real dumb. Can you don't? Can you not? Yeah. <laughs> Can you, like, not? Yeah, just... Seriously. Uh, I waited around for a few minutes and nothing moved. I went to... There were a few hits. Oh, shit. There were a few hits, mostly about some sort of mirror deal. 
on something called spirit writing, automatic writing. Mm-hmm. So surprisingly, like, they did their research to write this story. Well, they Googled at this point of writing it, and they were like, now nah, what would people say? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just making fun of how the writer wrote this. They might be a bad writer, but just, like, a nerd about this content as well. Who knows? Absolutely. I didn't have a mirror I could easily access, so I started reading... Oh, yeah, because she broke the one in her kitchen. I didn't have a mirror I could easily access, so I started reading about this spirit-riding rigmarole. Sounded simple enough. Sit there in a semi-meditative state with a pen and paper and have at it. Oh, my God. You didn't learn anything. I went and grabbed a sketch pad, sketch pad and sharpened a number two pencil. I sat directly in front of my space heater and said another little prayer that nothing evil could come through, and uh, I started sitting there. The flashes got really really bad, so I started to pray again, hopefully quiet them. Uh, I tried to focus on Will as much as I could, the flashes were getting worse and worse. Even now, thinking back on it, I can't even put what I saw into words. There's there's no language known to man that can adequately describe them. Ripped, burning flesh, lots of stuff with eyeballs and knives, mm-hmm. uh, inside on the, and on the outside. Uh, insides on the outside, people I love being torn to shreds. Tortured, burned alive. Their screams haunt me. So, Clive Barker. Just anything by Clive Barker. Just Google Clive Barker. Oh, okay. Yeah. I sat there for as long as I could stand it. I, I, I'd say I sat there for about 20 minutes or so. I could feel the sweat pouring down my face and nearly freezing against my cheeks from the cold surrounding me. Uh, I was holding the pencil so hard that I was afraid it would stop. Finally, discouraged by my lack of endurance, I opened my eyes. It was pitch black, both inside and outside. It was late morning when I started. What the fuck? I reached over and tried stupidly to turn on the lamp. The light popped off, burned out. I searched the couch for my phone. Finally, I grabbed it and turned it on. 6.56 p.m., 22 missed calls. I think I screamed. I probably screamed. I probably cursed the storm. Fuck this shit. Started scrolling through my missed calls. 21 of them were from Father Bat. The other one was from Liz. I threw the stupid board back in the closet, grabbed my sketchbook, and ran out to my car. I just started driving. Anywhere. I had to get away from that stupid fucking apartment. The flashes were pretty bad. I, I, I just wanted to get somewhere, though. Just wanted to get somewhere so I could call Father Bob back and in peace. Liz was at rehearsal by that time, so I couldn't get to her house, so I kept driving. I ended up at the abandoned house Liz and Liz and I found. I didn't realize I was there until I was there, if that makes any sense. Not really uh, my ideal place, to be honest. I looked up into the pitch black house. It's bluish shining, siding looking gray. The blackness of the night. I could have sworn I saw a soft glow of light in the upstairs window. The same window I saw Will standing in. Nah, I was imagining things. I grabbed my phone and went to call Father Bob back, when suddenly I saw a full flash of light, similar to a camera flash coming from the house. I looked up again, and there was definitely some sort of soft glow coming from the upstairs window. It was a yellowish orangish light, and the light source was coming from the uh, far side of the room. Near the corner, I saw Will standing in, standing in uh, if my memory was correct. It took a minute to figure out what, it, what what I wanted to do next. On the one hand, I wanted to talk to Will again. 
that was the whole reason I did the stupid spirit riding that ate up my whole day. On the other hand, was I really that stupid to go to an abandoned house with indefinite paranormal activity alone while a demon is stalking me? Hmm, I wonder if she is that stupid. Oh. What a surprise. Yes, I was stupid enough. Again, I really want to think that it made me do this. But I'll never know. For those who have been torn tormented mentally and physically by some sort of demonic presence, you start questioning all of your motives. You have no sense of self. I started the dirt hill up to the house and walked into the open front door. I was using my phone as a flashlight, but it really didn't do any good. I tried to remember where the holes in the floors were. That's all I'd need. Fall through the floor in an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service and a demon trying to kill me. I carefully navigated the, the, uh, the, the, the holes in the floor until I found a staircase upstairs. I could see a bit of ambient light top of the stairs and I went in that general direction. As I near the top of the stairs, I heard something whispering my name. So you can just hear the ghostly, ghostly voice of some singers going, Bitch, slow down. Bitch, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> gonna take your soul from you. <laughs> I like to think that demons are really into like bebop. Yeah, no, I'm real into bebop. that. Yeah. That's awesome. I turned around to the blackness of the downstairs area behind me, but nothing that I could see was there. And I really couldn't see much, so who knows? Stepped onto the last step when I heard it again. Bitch, slow down. Bitch. We gotta take your soul from you. Ooh. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I spun around with my cell phone trying to see. Again. I'm trying to record that shit. Yeah. Turn it into. Go viral. Yeah. But again, nothing. I brought my second foot up to the top of the stairs when I heard my name being screamed. Bitch! Bitch! The shock almost sent me tumbling down the stairs. I grabbed onto the poor excuse of a banister to steady myself, and I felt it rip from the wall. Fantastic. Everything seemed to happen in slow motion. That's not how bad shit happens. It happens real fast. Real fast, and you're like, oh, whoa, fuck, blood. Anyway, I felt the banister splinter from the wall. I felt the inertia of my body falling backwards. Banister still in hand. I felt each foot leave the safety of the floor. I saw a silhouette of my feet against the pale light coming from the room fly into the air. I heard my name again. I saw the horizon line of the top stair start to move up as I started to fall further and further back. I felt the sharp pain in my shoulder hitting the corner of a step. I felt the stabbing of pain on my head hitting another step. I can see the archway at the top of the stairs get further and further and further away from my body as I slid down the stairs. I smelled the dust that my body was kicking up. I felt the wall sliding. We get it, bitch! You fell! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I felt like the wall sliding past my fingertips as I searched for something to grab on. I felt my head hit another step and stop sliding the momentum of my body. I felt my legs start to flip over my head. Oh, damn, she, she fucking... She was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> she like cartoons. Then I felt hands on my... Oh, shit. Then I felt hands on my legs, stopping me from flopping over. It was the warm feeling, which was quickly forgotten. As I dangled down, I felt my feet softly being put down on the next step down. I felt hands on my back as I tried to stand up without falling. The back falling backwards down the rest of the steps. As soon as I was sure my footing was secure. Is this shit like... Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's this the weird sentence structure and the way she fucking says things yeah. or he, whoever fucking wrote this. It's real fucking all over the place. This is some Dr. Seuss type shit. Yeah, as soon alliter- as I felt sure my footing was secure, I whipped around as fast as my throbbing head could stand. Yeah, like, it's just real nonsensical. Yeah. Fucking tone down the whimsy. God damn it. <laughs> Whimsiness is at like an eight and we need it at a clear two. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as, yeah, there was, there was nothing. nothing there. I whipped I whipped back around and uh, looked at the top of the steps. Will was standing there against the pale yellowish light. He had his, his pants down and, and his dick was out and he explained that when he died, he was just practicing. <laughs> He was just practicing. In fact, he was... He was getting off. Yeah. In fact, he did. There was, like, also, like, a, a cut lemon next to him. Mm. His pants around his next. I mean, his pants around his... Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. His belt around his neck. <laughs> yep. It's a terrible way, because then you shit all over the back of your pants when you hang yourself. Mm. <laughs> anyway... Uh, Will! I yelled, but he just looked at me, smiling, wiping the glazing off of his knuckles. <laughs> I started to run up the steps, but it, and he put his hand out to stop me. You don't want to see this shit. Like, <laughs> don't come up here. It smells. I gotta clean stuff it's up. It's bad. It's pretty. Come on. I just let me wash my hands. Uh, he pointed downstairs in the re- general direction of the front door. You want me to leave? He nodded and pointed again. <laughs> but I have so many questions. He shook his head and pointed at the door, and then pointed to his wrist if this were, if there were a watch, um, as if there were a watch. He pointed again to the direction of the door. I shook my head and started up again, but Will started waving his hands to stop me. I complied. I need you to help me stop this, I pleaded. He nodded, but again, poured, pointed at the door. Wow, bitch, you're dumb. He's trying to help you. I wasn't having any of this. Can't you just answer one question? He exasperatedly shook his head, pointed to his wrist again. I was starting to get angry, but the anger was muddled by the throbbing of my head from my fall. Were you the one who stopped me from falling? You... Oh my goodness. She um, must have a concussion, because yeah. it's just fucking... Yeah, yeah cause she's gotten like... That's two points extra stupid that she wasn't displaying earlier. Um, when will I see you again? Wait, no. He Did nodded you... and pointed again. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, when will I see you again? E- when will I see you again? Anyway. I don't know that song. I would have jumped in. Um, he seemed to ponder this for a moment, and then he just smiled. Aggravated. I started up the steps again, but uh, was stopped dead in my tracks by my name being whispered again. Will got an urgent look in his eyes and pointed towards the door. Like, seriously, bitch. I finally took his advice and one last look ran out of the house 
into my car, looked at the clock on the dashboard. It was 10.50 p.m. I had been there over three hours. What the hell was up with this loss of time thing? I drove back into the town, parked outside of Walmart. Ten more missed calls, eight of them being Father Bob, two being Liz. Uh, Liz must be out of rehearsal. I decided I'd text her that I'd be there in a few minutes and buy me some time to call Dr. Bob, Father Bob. Uh, I hit the send button and finally looked down at my clothes as I listened to my phone ring. It was, I was filthy. Father Bob answered after about four rings. Oh, Sarah! Father Bob, I'm not dead. I'm glad you're not dead. I'm sorry about... Sarah, do you still have that Ouija board? He asked in an urgent voice. Yeah, it's in my closet again. Does Liz know? Yeah, she saw it the other day, I said, confused. Okay, just tell her I gave it back to you. What? Why? Because I don't want it to know it just randomly showed up back at your house, stupid. <laughs> he seemed out of breath. Okay, why? We need to maintain her faith in all this. Unless she knows, the more stronger faith will be. I've been doing some research, and i prayed a lot on it, and I think that the entity is really after Liz. It's using you to get to her. Because you are such a dumb bitch. You were an easier target. You know, and also your lack of faith, you know, kind of a stepping stone. He said, uh, I tried to process it all. Yeah, I don't doubt that um, Liz is a sort of conduit mm. for this kind of energy, but mm. I don't think... Um, if the left field twist in the, you know, the, in the ninth chapter is that Will is the one haunting her, I'm just gonna be like... It's not is, a twist. This, this That's a curve. This is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, um, no, what I think, it, it really is using her to get to Liz to kill her. Probably yeah. by, like, you know, she's losing time. She's saying weird shit, doing weird shit. Cutting herself. Like, this demon with more, you know, control could totally get away with using Sarah, oh, using to, kill Sarah Liz, to kill Liz. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then, you know, getting Liz stuck somewhere in, in prison. He'll be around a lot of the more other people, spreading even more vitriol, and probably be able to he'll hop a ride on someone outside the prison and keep his bullshit passing along like a virus. But why does he want her? I don't understand. And why is his Ouija board back in my apartment? I don't know yet. But I'll be over in about an hour to, you know, to, to get it, if that's okay. As he said this, I could hear him. I could hear him turn his car engine on. Yeah, sure, I can meet you there. Why didn't you just get rid of it? I thought I did. He said in a very low, sad voice. There's been other incidents in all of this. I continued. When I found that the board was back, it was sitting on my coffee table, and the pointer thing started moving by itself. It spelled out what it. It spelled out what I thought were random letters. But then I googled it, and. It had spelled out the name. Don't say it! Bob shouted in the phone. Whatever you do, don't say it. Okay. Well, it spelled that. I also think Liz's ex-boyfriend is involved. He killed himself about a year ago, and every time I see him, things stop for a moment. It's hard to explain, but I try to communicate with him this afternoon. Just don't do anything else until I get there. Just fucking stop. You're doing too much. Bob said sternly. I agreed, and I hung up the phone, but I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible, but I was even more confused than I ever had been before. Oof. Drove back to the apartment to meet Father Bob, and I figured I should go upstairs and clean up a bit for my contact session. 
so I didn't piss off the priest. I figured that would not be a good idea. I walked into the freezing cold apartment and threw the board back into the closet. I started sweeping the salt off the floor and the windows and and opened up, uh, opened up, get the overwhelming smell of sage to dissipate a, a bit. After I was done, I went outside to wait for Father Bob. I took a seat in my car and figured I'd start sketching some ideas for my uh, upcoming uh, set design. I'm in theater, remember? <laughs> While I waited. But I opened the sketchbook I uh, had used during the spirit writing that only served to make me lose six entire hours of my life. All over the pages were pictures and words I had no recollection of drawing. In my mind, my hand hadn't moved at all. <laughs> See, the thing is, again, again, she willingly opens up consents and advice something to use her body. Yeah. Like, again, you did this stupid shit. Yeah. That, that she lost time. Yeah, it, it, it it's probably gonna kill Liz. It's which, yeah, which trying to. Who's gonna kill Father Bob or something, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, you didn't learn your lesson. Because the second time, you will just let, like, oh, you need a ride, homie? Yeah. I got you. I have the hard drive. And I'm looking through it for the pictures. It's a pretty big one. Five terabyte. And I have no idea what it's saved under, so just give me a bit of time to sort through all the crap I have on there. If I find something, I'll definitely share. In the meantime, I drew a really shitty floor plan in my apartment because so many people have asked me. Sorry I didn't describe it well enough. This is the floor plan. My stomach dropped to my feet. The sketch pad was covered with all kinds of weird symbols, scratches, and sketches that I had no recollection of ever doing. There wasn't really any order to them. Shit was all over the page in what appeared to be an arbitrary scattering of crap. Imagine for a minute if you were me. Okay. You stupidly tried to spirit write for about 20 minutes and you didn't feel the pencil move one inch. Then you open your eyes and not only is it a few hours later, but there's shit all over the sketch pad that makes absolutely no sense to you. And the intensity of the sketches and the amount of pencil lead on the page doesn't really add up to what a pencil could do without being sharpened. Though, who knows what happened in those hours. I certainly could have gone to my room, sharpened the pencil. I've absolutely no idea what happened in that time. For the most part, I couldn't make heads or tails of what I saw. All I knew is that it was freaky-ass shit, and that I probably didn't want to know what all those symbols meant. I didn't want to know what came out of my own hand, if that makes sense. I didn't want to know what had taken over my body to write this. I definitely didn't want to know what kind of message was being sent either. I tried really hard not to be as freaked out as I wanted to be. I didn't want to give Abaddon the satisfaction of knowing it successfully freaked me the fuck out. Though I was scared shitless, I was still angry and ready to take a stand. As hard as it was, I tried to look at the sketchbook as a piece of art, albeit a fucked up one. I forced myself to appreciate the lines and the composition. I know it sounds crazy, but it gave me a bit of leverage over the fear. It is just... I nearly shit my pants when there was a tap on my window about a half hour later. Father Bob arrived. I may or may not have used the Lord's name in vain with that one, but Father Bob didn't acknowledge it, thankfully. I got out of the car, and he seemed to shy away from me. I don't know if it was just me being paranoid or not, but he definitely took a step back from me. Because you fucking haunted. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just trying to give me room to get out of my car. Who knows? We didn't really exchange pleasantries. He just asked if the board was still in the apartment. I nodded and off we went, skipping merrily to the wonderful world of hell, aka my apartment. As per the usual, Father Bob started dry heaving on his way up the yellow brick road, I mean walkway. We both pretended it wasn't happening. As we neared the door, we found it wide open. 
I could have sworn I saw Will standing inside, but when I looked to see if Father Bob saw him too, and then looked back, he was gone. Did you just see him, Will? Did you just... You didn't see anything. Father Bob seemed to growl. Uh, yes I did. We got into the apartment, and the board was exactly where I left it. Father Bob immediately went to work after dry heaving a second time. He didn't look so good. He had sweat pouring down his face, even though it was cold as ice in my apartment. He looked almost gray, and his hands were shaking pretty badly. Out of his briefcase, he pulled out his book, a different one he had used from the last time he had visited Liz and I. He started going at it in Latin again, though this time he was nearly screaming at the top of his lungs. I remember thinking to myself that he had better be careful because the vein in his neck was so big I was afraid it would burst. I could see it pulsating with a quickened heartbeat. Next out came the holy water. He told me to sit down on the couch while he basically drenched me and the board with two bottles of holy water. Every time he splashed the water, I could hear something that sounded like thousands of people and cats, yes cats, screaming in agony. I don't think I personally screamed, but it was so loud that I can't be sure. For those of you who will be asking, no, the water didn't burn me or anything like that, but the volume at which I heard the screaming in my head definitely made my head burn from the inside. I kept telling Father Bob to stop for a minute, but he kept going, emphasizing each phrase with a forceful flick of the holy water in mind the board's direction. After the second bottle was empty, he took out a third and started going through the apartment again. I went to follow him, but he yelled at me to stay where I was if I was able. The if I was able phrase kind of stopped me in my tracks. What the hell did that mean if I was able? Did he think I was possessed? Did he think I was going to hurt him? Was I possessed? Did I not have control over myself? I mean, yes, I had blacked out and wake up a few hours later, but did that mean I was possessed during that time? Just when I thought I was taking back control over my life and my fears, he went and shattered that sense of control with four simple words. I broke down. All I had done, all the fighting was for nothing. Why fight anymore if all that happens is that I piss Abaddon off and it controls my body without my knowledge? What the hell was there to fight for if it had already taken possession of me? My heart and mind were shattered. There was no hope. Everything I did was in vain. Everything I fought against, endured, suffered through, and put up with meant absolutely nothing. The bruises, the bees, the flashes, all of it. Why, if I were actually possessed, didn't I just succumb to the damn thing at the beginning? It would have been so much easier. I wouldn't have had to deal with all that I had gone through. I just sat there on the couch and sobbed, adding my cries to the sounds of the screaming in my head. I just kept thinking in my mind over and over, please God, just let me go. I can't help you anymore. I can't fight anymore. You won't miss me. Please God, just let me go. Don't make me fight anymore. But then a fleeting thought popped into my head. What if Father Bob had just said that to break me down? What if he was part of Abaddon? What if he was sent by Abaddon to give me hope and completely shatter it with one phrase? It was a bitch move for sure, but I didn't really expect less of Abaddon at that point. What better way to exert power and manipulation than to hijack a Catholic priest? Fuck that. Fuck it all. It got me angry again. First my stuffed dog and now a Catholic priest. It took all I had to give in and let Liz call Father Bob because at the time I saw it as admitting failure and now Abaddon was using him against me. Fuck that. I got up from the couch and ran back to my room where Father Bob was blessing my bed. Just so you know, I could have stayed on the couch if I wanted to, but I need to know what the fuck you meant by that. I yelled, and yes, I said fuck to a priest. Father Bob nearly jumped a foot in the air and spun around in a defensive position with what I perceived to be fear in his eyes. 
I doubted myself again. Did I get up off the couch and come in here because I wanted to or because Abaddon wanted me to? I could feel myself cracking. Was What was real and what was Abaddon just fucking with me? I had no perception of self and... As I have said to a few of you, this was the scariest part of the whole fiasco. Everyone has a sense of self, except for schizophrenics, which she could clearly fucking be. Mm -hmm. No one doubts the source of their own actions. Sure, you doubt whether or not you should do or say something, but you always know that you yourself did what you did and you alone. No one has a puppeteer controlling their movements. When you decide to do what you do and there's no questioning it, well, that wasn't the case for me. I had no idea if I was in control or if Abaddon was in control, and that was fucking terrifying. Go back in the living room, Sarah, Father Bob said with his hands outstretched, holding the holy water and a cross. He was holding them like, as stupid as it sounds, someone would hold them out to ward off a vampire. The fear in his eyes scared me, and I retreated back to the living room. I didn't really have any tears left. I was numb. Me. Nice, shy, funny old me, terrified a Catholic priest. I could hear him move on to the bathroom. I could tell because not only his voice was a bit closer, but because it echoed differently. In the distance, I could hear the sound of bees, and I remember thinking that I hoped the bees would come and kill me. It was then, for the first time, I seriously thought of ending it all for good. I... That makes me think. What if Will killed himself to get away from Abaddon? Oh, shit. And it had been after Liz. Yeah, it makes sense, too. All this time. Wouldn't that be something? I gave a reason to die. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they said he was happy, right? Mm-hmm. I had had, suicid- I had had suicidal thoughts throughout the ordeal, but then I still had hope. Now, I had none. I glanced over into the kitchen and saw a block of knives. If I didn't have control over myself anymore, fuck it all to hell. The last decision action of my life would be to be on my terms, not Abaddon's. Again, time seemed to slow down for me, and I had very distinct stream of consciousness thoughts and conversations with myself with every move I made that I can still remember very clearly to this day. I don't know if that was just me imagining it, Abaddon controlling time or God trying to buy me time who knows I certainly didn't I got up off the couch I remember the feeling of the pillow on my fingertips it was so soft was this the last time I'd feel it would I be able to feel them after and speaking of after would I go to hell because I allowed myself to be possessed or would I go to heaven as a reward for fighting as hard as I had I remember my knee locking up when I stood. I always had knee problems ever since I was a little girl. I remember thinking that at least I wouldn't have to deal with the pain and annoyance for much longer. Unless I did go to hell, and in hell you had the same medical problems as you did when you were alive. Maybe they would even be magnified because after all it was hell. I took a step towards the kitchen and stumbled a bit on transition from carpet's tile. Oh, how I had stumbled in life. Look how far I had fallen. Well, number one, and you don't really need to be in religion to really fucking understand this, but if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. That's one of the uh, the rings of hell. That's one of the layers of hell. They have their own... From Dante's Inferno? Yeah, like divine comedy, but also like Catholic. Like, the rings are Catholicism, I'm pretty sure. And, um, yeah, uh, gates... Yeah, like, that's a real, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just a divine comedy thing. That was, like, Roman Catholic shit. So, like, yeah, killing yourself is, like, is, no, seen, no. is seen as a denial of, of the gift of life. So you, uh, so you will forever regret it. No. 
I stepped into the kitchen and turned towards the knives with which we kept near the refrigerator. I looked at the pictures on the refrigerator. I wondered what my little sister would do without me to keep her out of trouble and on the right path, but then I realized she was pretty smart on her own, and I'm sure Liz would take care of her if I wasn't around. Liz was an amazing friend like that. Then I started to think about Father Bob and how he had said Abaddon was using me to get to Liz. Well, maybe with me gone, she'd be out of danger. She didn't deserve all of this. It was my fault. Everything started because I thought it would be funny to fuck with her with a Ouija board. Maybe even let her talk to JFK. Hmm. JFK? Maybe. If I go to heaven, I'd finally find out who shot him. I don't, think, I don't think he knew. I think one of his security just accidentally like, Oh shit, fuck, oops. <laughs> that's that's for a different episode. <laughs> we, we, can, we can get into talking. I'm, conspiracy theories. I neared the knives and I wondered how much it would hurt. Of course I knew the right way to do it on my wrists, but would that be quick enough? Would Father Bob intervene? Should I just go for gold and slit my own throat? Surely that would go faster. Maybe my femoral- We know you don't kill yourself! You're writing this fucking story, please! This- this- this author has the same problem as a bunch of other authors we've read, which is just saying the same fucking sentence six times. Yeah. Like, she had You're a, being two dramatic. falling down the stairs. There are better ways to write these things without yeah. saying... You're padding us. You're like a, you're like in high school, and your teacher tells you to reach a page limit. Like, stop. <laughs> I'm just skipping it. I reached the block of knives and debated as to which one I would use. The serrated one, the butcher knife. Damn, I'd probably have to sharpen the paring knife. Just as I reached my hand around the butcher's knife, good, go big or go home, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and it was Will. He looked sad and kind of shook his head at me. I turned back around, ignoring him. Maybe if I was dead, I'd be able to talk to Will, and if so, maybe I could come back and give Liz some messages from beyond the grave. I mean, I knew it was possible, obviously. Will grabbed my arm tighter as I tried to pull out the knife. It was stuck on something. I turned around to face Will and gave him an angry look as if to say, no, this is my choice. Somewhere in the depths of my completely burned out mind, I heard a voice saying, no, it's not. Believe me, it's not a good idea. Your mom and family will be devastated. I thought about this for a moment. Yes, my family would be devastated, but really, would they rather want me to remember me as who I was or know me as some possessed shadow of my former self? How about knowing how you will be? You don't kill yourself today. I continued to yank at the knife, trying to get it free. Will's grip tightened. Again, I heard the voice in my head. If you do this, it will shatter Liz's faith, and they will go for her. You're the only thing that's standing between her and them. Do you want to do that to her? Stay and fight. This stopped me. If it was true that I was the only thing standing in the way of Liz and Abaddon, then did I really want to assume even more responsibility for ruining her life even more, perhaps even taking it in a very roundabout way? Did I want to go to heaven or hell with the knowledge that I was knowingly the catalyst in the ruining of such a wonderful person and friend's life? Did I wish upon her what I had been going through? Was it bad enough to completely disregard everything Liz had done for me and to pass the reins off, so to say, to her? No, definitely not. I took a deep breath and tried to let go of the knife. I couldn't open my hands. I heard a noise behind me and whipped around. This time, the knife slid out of the block with ease and it was firmly implanted in my right hand. It was Father Bob, and I think I may have given him a heart attack. He put his hands up 
with the cross and the holy water and started talking very loudly. Latin prayer intermixed with English phrases like, Sarah, you don't want to do this? I wanted to tell him that I didn't mean him any harm, just that I couldn't let go of the knives, but no words were coming out of my mouth. I looked towards Will, pleading for help. He kind of closed his eyes and seemed to concentrate very hard, very slowly. The air around him seemed to shimmer, similarly to when I saw it shimmer in the house. There behind him appeared two figures. The first one was a dear friend of mine from high school who unfortunately died in a car accident. The second was my grandfather, who had died when I was eleven. Very slowly, I felt the grip on the knife start to ease up. Finally, it dropped to the floor. I kicked it away from me a la every cop show I've ever seen, and put my hands up in the air. I tried to explain myself, but Father Bob didn't hear anything. He didn't want to hear anything. He kept telling me to be quiet. In retrospect, I can only imagine how he perceived the evening. First, he gets a call that something he had thought he had destroyed was back in its original place. Then he gets a call that this semi-possessed girl is rambling about dead exes and demons naming themselves. Then he gets there and sees the girl who I'm sure looks like she just went through a hurricane, or at the very least, looks like she's possessed, studying demonic symbols in her car. Once he gets inside, after puking, he sees the Ouija board, the same one that he thought he got rid of sitting on the coffee table, ready to go. Then he blesses her with holy water, and it appears to burn her, though it didn't, at least now. At least, not how it assumed to hurt. Then he tells her to stay put, but is afraid that she is going to come after him. She does, he freaks. She goes to get a knife. She comes at him, poor guy. I did. I felt bad for him. I felt bad we had involved him in this mess. I understood he didn't really want an explanation of why I was yielding a large butcher knife, but at that point I didn't really care because I had seen what I did. My grandfather, who I love and miss dearly, and my good friend were on the side and ready to help. At least, that's how I perceived it, and that's all that really matters. You take hope whenever you can get it, when you are halfway possessed by a demon. Bitch, you were possessed by a whole demon. Not halfway, you were yeah. all the way. Father Bob made me sit back down in the living room and started blessing me again. The screams started up again, but weren't as loud. I tried to stay perfectly calm while he prayed, so he knew I was back in control. But the opposite effect happened. He thought that Abaddon had completely taken over and was stronger than he had anticipated. I knew that was what was going through his head because I could see the fear and there was a change in his voice. He flipped some more pages and started reading a different text, this time with English mixed in. I heard a few begone Satans and the power of Christ compels yous thrown in there and I immediately thought of how I said that to Liz and how terrifying it must have been. I don't know if it was the exorcism prayers or just the knowledge that someone obviously sent from God because my grandpa and my friend were two of the most amazing people I had the pleasure of knowing and therefore had to be sent from heaven and on hell was on my side. For Father Bob's benefit, I went back to pretending like the water helped. Let my agony come to a grand crescendo and then acted like everything was better. It's not like I didn't believe in the exorcism or whatever he was doing. I somehow innately knew that I had the power to do this on my own without the religious ritual. I'm sure I'm sure you did, because you've only done the rest of this so well by yourself. Mm-hmm. Fucking stupid. Sure the extra power sure the extra prayers always helped, but whatever resolution Father Bob was waiting during the ritual for wasn't going to come. 
It had come when he was still in the bathroom when I saw my grandpa and friend. I don't think Father Bob was stupid or dumb or anything like that. I just knew that he didn't have a full grasp of what was going on. Maybe because he wouldn't listen to me. LOL. Not even she's taking this fucking story seriously anymore. Seriously. After my saving, Father Bob finally allowed me to talk about what was going on. I gave him the abridged version all the while trying to figure out in my head. We started discussing why Abaddon may be going after Liz. I really think that it is trying to go after Liz because of her faith, Father Bob said. She and her fam she and her family are very religious and do a lot through their church to enrich people's lives. Their ministry is successful, and I bet that doesn't sit too kindly with those who oppose God. I can see the logic behind that. Liz's mother and father worked for their church in the small town in which she lived because the major industry in the area had literally dried up. Many people were without jobs. Liz and her family within their church put and still do on community dinners once a month to try and help out in any way they can. They organized lots of clothing and food drives. They opened a tutoring service for industry workers who want to go back for their GED or go back to college. They opened up an after-school program for kids whose parents had to work odd hours just to survive. They really were touching many lives, and as a result, most of the people they were helping were starting to come to church more often and had a more positive outlook on life. I wasn't sure if that was the only reason, but Father Bob was adamant. Okay, whatever you say. By this time, it was well past two in the morning, and Father Bob said it was time for him to go home. He wrapped up the board again with his stole and told me that as long as I continued to pray and to have faith, the worst was over. He planned on getting rid of the board as soon as he got back to his place. I watched him go, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw another flash of light, similar to the abandoned house. I turned in that general direction and was hit with one of my flashes. Father Bob was wrong. The worst was not over, but at least I had more strength to keep fighting it. In my head, I started to figure it out. There was something that connected Liz, Will, and I. If I could figure out what that was, then I knew I could figure out how to stop this. Plus, if Liz was as strong as Father Bob and honestly Abaddon led me to believe, I think she had a great. <laughs> I think she would be a great asset to have around to keep me grounded. I think Will had the answers, but it was a matter of figuring out how to get it out of him. I texted Liz and told her that I would be over soon. As I drove to her place, I glanced in my rearview mirror and saw Will sitting there smiling at me. Ready or not, here I come, motherfuckers. Here I am! Dun, 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 dun. Rock you like a hurricane! Anyway, yeah. sorry. This uh, story is going much like bedtime in the blockbuster direction of bullshittery. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she's gonna really take the fight to her, I want to see her make some like critical roles on casting, like <laughs> consecration. Just glad you're still running with that. Just saying, that's like if you're gonna kill demons, it's the coolest way. Just you know, the light and power of Baphomet. I mean, uh. Baphomet. <laughs> I was going to say Baphomet's also the, the yeah. devil, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is part 10. Where am I start? Duh. At the top. If Floppy was the last straw, this was the complete annihilation of the camel's back. <laughs> By the time... It's terrifying. <laughs> I agree with your, like, kind of sigh. <laughs> By the time I finally got to Liz's house, it was 2 in the morning. I walked up, like, 
the eight bajillion stairs to her attic apartment. And I saw that she left the door open for me. Now, all the lights were out. But I just figured she'd be, like, masturbating on Pornhub or on the computer or something. Or downloading some kick-ass music for us to listen to. You know, our somnia. Yeah. Uh, Liz had the absolute best taste in music. Lil Uzi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I just like the idea of like a church-going chick like listening to Lil Uzi in mm-hmm. every time. Oh yeah. If she ever got tired of winning millions of awards for acting, I constantly suggest she become a, di- a DJ. I hope that she downloads some of the pump-up music for our impending battle. With whatever it was, uh, with whatever Abaddon was, I was on the warpath. I wanted Abaddon dead, not just dead, completely and utterly destroyed, in a dance on Abaddon's ashes while singing, Jesus, Jesus loves me, at the top of my yeah. lungs. Um, God damn it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Liz is a huge fan of Hobo Johnson. That's the band I was thinking. <laughs> I walked through the door and uh, up the other flight of stairs, pausing briefly at the cross in the doorway. Uh, unlike mine, hers had only fallen that one time. Uh, pretty soon, nothing would be falling. I was pretty excited. I got up to the top step, looked left, expecting to see her at the computer. Nope, no Liz. Looked to my right towards the bedroom. Nope, nothing, no Liz. Uh, Liz's attic apartment was pretty small, studio type place. So there wasn't much room to hide. Uh, I glanced at the bathroom door. It was open and no one was there. Well, this is odd, I thought to myself. I grabbed my phone to call her to see where she was. I tried not to let the sinking feeling creep into my stomach. Uh, it was a perfectly logical explanation to all of this. I kept telling myself that over and over again. Um, I made one visual sweep of the room while I waited for Liz to pick up. Not only was there nothing in the apartment, but she also didn't pick up. I went to voicemail. Uh, Liz, uh, I'm at your place. Where the hell are you? Call me. Took a deep breath and uh, tried to keep myself calm. She probably went with, out with some of her castmates or something. No big deal. NBD. Uh, I tried to put it on my detective's hat and walk over to her computer to see if she'd been talking to anyone about plans. Wow, snooping in the DMs. Right. What a friend. This is yeah. why your ass gets haunted by shit. <laughs> anyway. As the screen buzzed to life, I saw an open chat window. Gotta look AIM. What fucking year is this? <laughs> Gotta love AIM. Uh, torn between playing and worrying about where Liz was, I decided to read just what was in the window and not scroll through uh, the whole conversation. So they're not listening to like Hobo Johnson or anything modern. They're listening to like Evan. Wake me up! Wake me up inside! Can't wake up! My personal favorite version of that song is um, the Goofy version. <laughs> yes, I love the. Goofy. Oh my I love god! The goofy, I love the Goofy version. <laughs> wake me up! Wake me up! Wake me up inside! Save okay, me! Okay. Save me! <laughs> oh, so fuck. this is the AIM conversation. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. How do I get there? I can do this. I can. I can do that, but it's going to take me a while just walking. Is it a right or a left in Main Street? Okay, can't wait to see you. Love you. Sure, I can bring that. Love you. Can't wait to see you. Winky face. 
for a second I was relieved that she was just going to a booty call or something, you know, something in town. Then I realized there are absolutely no replies from the person chatting with her. Nothing. I looked to the top of the chat window to see who she was talking to, and it said blank message. It's fucking sad. <laughs> what the fuck? I strolled up through a conversation. Fuck privacy at this point. It was all Liz and no one else. She looked like she was having a full-on conversation with someone, but I couldn't see the replies. I kept reading. I am so sorry for everything. I love you so much. How is this happening? I get that part, but how? Like, how does this work? Okay, I can kind of see that, I guess. What really happened with the Ouija board? I didn't think so! It seemed like it, but it didn't at the same time. I can't believe I get to talk to you. And so on. Ugh. From what I could gather, Liz thought she was talking to Will. And Will was responding in a way that only she could see. Now, I was scared. I scrolled back down to the bottom to see if I could figure out where she was supposed to meet him. Aside from the Main Street comment, I had absolutely nothing to go on. Actually, the Main Street comment was unbelievably not helpful, because either there were quite a few many intersections on Main Street, and she could have met any of them. I found myself back at the square one, and incredibly scared. I thought about calling Father Bob to come back and at least help me look for her, but I decided against it for some reason. I honestly don't think he could help. It had developed beyond his capability to help. I racked my brain for another friend or someone that could help me who would either A, believe me, or B, just not ask any questions. Craigslist. Dude, honestly... I, you could probably find someone who knows about demons who would, who would contact him. If you or just someone who would, like, Craigslist strangle you instead of letting the demon kill you. Hmm, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, let's trade. I'll trade you this PSP for Xbox, and then all of a sudden... Kill me. You have you have a knife wound in your belly. Um, then I heard a sudden burst of brilliance. Clicked on the settings button, and figured out how to add timestamps to the IM chat window. SCORE! I saw she had sent the last message only 15 minutes ago. On foot, she couldn't have gotten that far. Main Street was at least a 10 minute walk from this place. There was a good chance I'd either see her on Main Street, or be able to figure out which intersection she turned down. I raced back down the stairs, got into my car, I turned the key, nothing. I turned it again, nothing. You've got to be kidding me. I don't fuck cars. I don't understand cars. If it doesn't work out when I put the key in, I have no idea how to fix it. I usually cry when this happens, then yell at AAA to come get me. You sound like a horrible person. I sat in the driver's seat, defeated. For some reason, I glanced up and saw Will sitting in the back seat through my rear view window. I turned around, but I didn't see him. I turned back to the front and looked in the mirror, and he was back. I smiled. He smiled at me with a sad smile. What the fuck is a sad smile? I don't know. I, I gotta, you know, this, this fucking lady. Um, Do you know anything about cars? I asked, not expecting to get any sort of answer. He motioned for me to try it again. I did, and the engine turned over. We were in business. <laughs> Do you know where Liz is? I asked. He pointed me straight down the road and I started driving. I reached Main Street and he motioned me to turn left. I did. I kept looking in vain for Liz on the side of the road. She couldn't have gotten far. I looked back at Will, who was pointing to the right, and turned to onto a side street. I kept going at a snail's pace, trying to catch a glimpse of Liz. The houses seemed to get further and further apart and I noticed how inky black the night sky was. It was creepy. 
I was determined to find Liz. Pretty soon, I had driven three very slow miles on the side of the road. There's no way in hell Liz could have gotten this far on foot in one time frame. I glanced back at Will, but he wasn't sitting there anymore. Shit. I looked around and couldn't and didn't recognize anything. The big trouble with going to a co with going to college in a town in the middle of BFE is that you take a wrong turn and you turn and you are smack in the middle of nowhere. That's where I was, up ahead in the distance. I saw a house in the distance. I hate you, lady. You write like a fucking. <laughs> Even I liked. Yeah. I threw I just, my hands up in the air. I was like, I what the have fuck? I that shit. That last sentence. Um, I decided to go up to the house and turn around. As I approached, I saw a light in the downstairs window, but the house looked like it had been abandoned for years. Great. Another abandoned house. Super. I slowed down as I tried to turn around in the circular driveway, then I saw a flash of a person in white to my left. Near the house, and strained my eyes. It was Liz! <laughs> I threw my car into park so fast, the transmission or whatever the hell, the handles on the gears and cars or whatever. Like I said, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pump gas and put windshield wiper fluid in. Which is actually complicated. Is it? So it's, I haven't done it, so I don't know. You've never done it. No, oh, yeah. Interesting. I've never had to. You gotta find the right tube. I, I, I just get and a there new There are car. several that look the same, and one even says... Don't put wiper fluid in this, which I imagine will blow up your, your car if oh, you do shit. that. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I just buy a new car when I run out of wiper fluid. I flew out of the car and tried to get, uh, try to make my way downtown, walking it's fast. Faces past. Yeah. <laughs> on my way through the weeds and overgrowth of, of a place. The weeds. Uh, I was, uh, was stopped in my tracks by an overgrown, rusty wrought iron fence. I hadn't seen it in the dark. Great. Abandoned house and tetanus. Oh, and a missing best friend. Best night ever. <laughs> Sorry, that was a horrible. Yes. Dolphin cackle. Um. <laughs> I followed the fence until I finally uh found an opening about twenty feet or so down the yard. I had lost sight of Liz and I complicated. Contemplated. Contem. Jesus Christ. I contemplated calling, calling out. out for her because so I swear to God I know how to read Start guys. It. Start it from my contemplation. I contemplated calling out for her, but something told me not to make my presence known. I doubled back on the other side of the fence and we went to the last spot I saw Liz. I didn't see her. I tried whispering Liz's name, but it was like no sound could travel in the thick darkness surrounding me. I crouched there, silently wishing. I had angled the car's headlights toward the house so I could see. There was some movement to my right. My head snapped over, and I saw Will standing there, pointing to the back side of the house. He almost looked angelic, lit up by the tiniest bit of light coming from the moon. Oh, full moon. My luck was freaking awesome. My luck was freaking awesome. I kept low as I creeped through the weeds. Back to the weeds. Weeds toward the back of the house. The house was huge. Looked like someone had put on multiple editions of various times throughout its last century, but I'm sure in its heyday it would have been a beautiful house. Uh, with all the uh, weeds and the overgrowth, though, it just looked kind of creepy as hell. I rounded a corner and saw Liz standing at the back door to the house. She wasn't moving at all, just standing there. Liz! I called out, trying to be. Oh. Liz! Psst! Liz, bitch! I called out, trying to still be quiet. Hey, bitch. She didn't respond. I tried again. Nothing. <laughs> Bitch, please. Slow down. 
I started to move closer and uh, I nearly knock I was nearly knocked over by one of the most powerful and horrific flashes I had yet gotten throughout this whole ordeal. Someone asked me if I could feel the flashes along with seeing them. And yes. Most of the times I could feel something too down there. Mm-hmm. But it was never that severe. I screamed in agony as flash after flash assaulted me. Yeah, I hear uh, women can have multiple flashes. <laughs> I tried to keep my eyes focused on Liz. I tried to find the strength to call out. But my whole body was being held down by something and I, I couldn't see. In my agony, I saw her take a step toward the door. Again, I tried to call out to her. Something. Anything. Nothing would work. I tried to look around for Will, but I couldn't see anything but the flash and about 15 glowing eyes in the bushes around me. Oof. It scared the shit out of me, to be honest. I had never seen something like that before. Finally, my foot found some leverage on the ground to somehow push me into a kneeling position. Finally, I thought I'd be able to stand up and get over to Liz. I saw her take another step, and I put all of my energy into my foot to propel me forward. My foot felt like it had broken through something and I fell back down. Whatever I had gained traction on basically cracked under my foot. A size 13s. It was only a few seconds later when I heard the sound of bees. Ugh! Not the bees! Not the bees again! She actually says, aw, oh, not the bees again. Not the bees again. again. I fucking love that. Uh-huh. Uh, suddenly, my body was on fire. I felt like I was being stung by a million bees. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I was face down in the weeds. weeds. With a million bees. What is this? Face down in the weeds with a million bees. Tearing my body with a stingus. I'm glad you took it there, because I was thinking immediately Susian. <laughs> nah. Suddenly, my body was on fire. It felt like I was being stung by a million bees. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I was, I was facing face down, down the weeds, weeds with a million bees. Tearing my body with their stingers. I couldn't see any bees, however. Though I couldn't see much from my vantage point. With my cheek on the ground. In my head. I debated whether uh, whether or not just to give up. I wanted to, believe me. But then, all of a sudden, Will was there. He was lifting me up off the ground. His hands are glowing. His body glistening. Dipped in butter. Where his hands were touching, touching me, me. Oh. there were no bees. Oh, touch me everywhere. I tried to scream out Liz's name. Oh, Liz! Liz! Tried to scream out Will's name. Tried oh. to scream out my name. Touch me. I saw her turn towards touch me, confused. <laughs> Liz! I was able to croak out, Help! <laughs> she started to rush over to me, and as soon as she got within two feet of me, Will completely bounced. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, it's my ex. He bounced. Sorry, don't let her know I was touching your titties. Don't let her know. <laughs> he giggles and runs hey, off. Titties. What the hell? She just... What the hell? What the hell just happened? Where am I? Are you okay? She was yelling. Bitch. The stinging had started to subside and the flashes weren't as severe. I didn't answer her. Instead, I just grabbed her hand and led her back to the gate. Led her to break the gate. No, where are we going? I think I found it out, she said. I didn't really listen. I just kept going. Sarah, stop! She screamed. I didn't pay attention to any of that shit. 
I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And she stopped dead in her tracks. Seriously, Sarah, I need you to listen to me. No. We gotta get out of here. Liz, please. You trust me? Yeah, of course, but we need to go. Now. We made it back to the car. I gunned it back towards town. Once we had hit civilization again, I pulled off to the side of the road and looked at Liz. She looked extremely confused. Where were we? What the hell just happened? Turns out, this bitch had prayed to talk to Will to see if he could help us figure out what was going on. She had yet to see him as I had, and wanted to see him for herself, to kind of prove he was who he said he was. As she was praying, Will, Will, in quotes, I ummed her, and they chatted for quite a while online. It was just like the Ouija board, Sarah, she said. Towards the end of the conversation, Will asked to meet him. And, oh, have these chicks, I, I guess, yeah, if AIM is around, if you're using AIM, and they legitimately haven't seen Dateline or yeah, heard any maybe. of the horror, yeah. Maybe. Because all this just sounds like a spiritual fucking AOL teens chat room. Yeah, it does. However, the place Will asked her to meet him was not the same one where, he, where, where she had ended up. Sarah, I honestly don't remember walking that way. I remember getting on the main street and passing some drunk guy being pulled over by the cops because he was weaving his bicycle back and forth. I was supposed to meet him at the park, like not three miles down the road. I started asking her some more questions. Turns out she was there, but really wasn't there. She saw a house, but it definitely didn't look like the same house I saw. Something was definitely fucking with her. I explained to her the abridged version of what happened with uh, Father Bob and about how uh, how we thought it was coming for her, Abaddon, you know. Uh, poor Liz looked terrified. I would be too. I didn't want to tell her about how I almost killed myself. Let's, let's keep her faith restored for now. You can't. You just fucking cracked all that shit to her. Yeah. We got back to her apartment around four that night and went straight to bed. Before we both fell asleep, I use that term loosely, because who in their right minds would sleep after something like that, I said I had a plan and we could talk about um, on the way to my mom's house for my sister's graduation party. Uh, we had plans to go and party and, you know, stay the night at my mom's house. Hopefully it'd be a respite for us, respite for us. We woke up. What the fuck is with all the goddamn quotation marks? I, I hate this. Oh, God. <laughs> You could have just said, I woke up and get with good sleep. Like, why do you have yeah, to fucking... We, we woke, woke up, up that morning. That morning. And Liz. Everything's in quotes. It's like, I don't know. Like, she can... Apparently, she just throws quotations... Like, they can go anywhere you want. I guess that's the rules now, right? Fucking... Ooh. Anyway. We woke up that morning and Liz ran the coffee shop to get us some coffee. I didn't uh, really want to set foot in that place ever again. When she got back, I hopped into the car and we started driving the 1.5 hours. You see, just one and a half. One and a half hours down in my mom's house. We started discussing our game plan. Something connects me, you, and Will to whatever this is, I said. Now, I don't know if he's your guardian angel, if he's just a regular ghost looking out for us or what, but there's definitely some kind of connection there. He was the only one that was able to stop things. He was the only one who pointed uh, who pointed me in the towards that house you were at last night. And if we can get him to talk, maybe we can get some answers. 
I didn't really want to think of the alternative. That will was really sent by Abaddon to keep our spirits up. I mean, something posing as well that had convinced Liz to go to that random house in the middle of nowhere. Could the will I've been seeing really just be like a tactic to screw with me? I really didn't have uh, any option though. I had to believe there was. I had to believe he was there to help, not hurt us. And although I knew Abaddon knew about him uh, and tried to use him against us, I, I hoped I would know the difference when the time came. We started discussing ways to get Will to talk to us. Ouija board was definitely out. Spirit writing, psh, out. IMs, psh, out. Uh, we were kind of at a dead end. We didn't want to try to summon him for the fear that we won't, I wouldn't be able to control who came through. We were quiet for a moment. There's always his phone, Liz said softly. I was confused until she reminded me about the original Ouija board night way back then. I was hesitant. What was this? Was that a stupid idea? The dispute over whether or not it was a stupid idea lasted until they pulled into my mom's driveway. We couldn't really weigh the pros and cons of the idea. It's, it's hard to do um, when you don't know the pros and cons. The party was fun. It was a fun distraction for the most part. All the adults got, like, fucking wasted. The karaoke machine may or may not have come out. Liz, as usual, put them all to shame when she sang. Someone to watch over me. How fitting. <laughs> God, I just want to punch the writer in the face. Yeah. The last drunk guest grabbed a cab around <laughs> two in the morning, and Liz and I went up to my room. Party's fucking tame. Yeah, man. <laughs> I wanted to talk strategy some more, but that was a bit more than buzz at that point. Liz was lit. Uh, mm -hmm. I figured talking about our spiritual fates at two in the morning while drunk was not the best idea. That's literally what you do drunk at 2 a.m. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I grabbed some blankets and got comfy on the on the uh, ground next to Liz. Okay. <laughs> I grabbed some blankets and got comfy on the ground next to Liz on the bed. We started talking about stupid drunk stuff and were laughing pretty hard until I felt the floor under me start to vibrate every couple seconds. Did you feel that? I asked. <laughs> Liz asked what the hell I was talking about. You were those nine snails, right? Because <laughs> that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Did um, you feel that? That's disturbed, isn't it? Oh, is it disturbed? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I mixed them up. Yeah. Uh, and it must be because I, I don't really listen to Nine Inch Nails, so I don't think I can quote My bad. Songs. No, disturbed. Really? Yeah. Uh, was it like Down with the Sickness? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it is shit. Down with the Sickness. Of course. <laughs> it is Down with the Sickness. Sorry. I, yeah. I completely fucked that up. Trivia fact, that's like the first album I ever bought. Did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Liz asked what the hell I was talking about. No, I was talking about the song, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> that song is way more fitting. Liz should have done that at karaoke. Oh, fuck yeah, that'd be awesome. I tried to dismiss it. It continued. However, uh, it continued, however, and started to get more and more strong. That's a fucking horrible way to put that. Are you sure you don't feel? <laughs> awesome. I asked before Liz could answer. The door to my bedroom was thrown open. We both screamed and I nearly dove into the bed with Liz out of pure shock. I realized that my eyes clenched shut and I and willed myself to open them. There was nothing at the front door. The fuck was going on? It took me a few seconds but I finally made myself go up and shut the door. As soon as I turned around, it flew open again. This time, we didn't scream. 
I may have sworn a blue streak. I did it. Sonic. What is that a thing people go say? Fast. Gotta go faster. Sonic is obviously yeah. fucking with them. I get. I, is that a thing people say? I is may have like... sworn a blue streak, but I didn't scream. Seriously? I, I think it's like a. I don't know what that means. Yeah. This anyway. shit had followed me a hundred miles. And it would follow 500. Yeah, it would Li- follow 500. Yeah, it's because it's You're you. absolutely right. Uh, Liz was right behind me as we crept into the hallway. I could hear my stepdad snorely, drunkenly snoring, snoring in his snorily room. drunken. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's door was shut, but the light was on. We went and tapped on the door. She answered and we asked if she had heard anything. She hadn't. Not so, and not so nicely told her to leave her alone. Fuck alone. My sister wasn't the most pleasant. You're almost high such a bitch to. when you stay home. <laughs> Fucking go back to your house. Don't you have an apartment or something? What the fuck? You always get drunk and make out with your fucking lesbian friend. That was weirdly specific. <laughs> what hurt you? <laughs> we returned to my room and both sat on the bed. Uh, we started bouncing ideas off each other as to what the hell we could do. Suddenly, it hit me. When shit gets really bad, Will shows up. He shows up, and he's able to stop whatever the fuck's going on. Shit's obviously found us here. And uh, if we can get it to bed... Maybe we'll see Will get him to talk. We agreed that while completely a stupid idea, it was the only one that we can come up with. Liz insisted on praying before we started. I went along with it. Then I started provoking. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on! I yelled as loud as I dared as to not wake up my drunk parents. We giggled and tried to get more serious. Seriously, you're fucking pathetic. Praying on two girls like this? I mean, uh, aren't there more important people in the world that you can, like, gain something by bothering them? Uh, that's right. You can't, because you're a fucking pussy. I'm upset at how well that was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to come up with the meanest stuff I can think of. As you can see, I'm not a really mean person. I just use as many cliches I can think of. Looking back, it was almost like la- it's definitely it's laughable. laughable. It's not almost. It's, yeah, it's there and it's past it and For it's now it's now grinding. Mm-hmm. I kept going though. I was getting angrier and cringier. I could feel the edge of a flash and it's not the only edge. Several edginess. Yeah. Wish you would step back from that edge, my friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I won't understand. <laughs> I could feel the edge of a flash and started to hope. And, started, and hope started to soar through my heart. I think I'd pissed it off. I think I was going to get mad. Will was going to have to come and save us again. I could see Liz out of the corner of one eye, ready to help in any way she could. I felt bad for her. Things were a lot better at her apartment. She never really saw how bad it could get. I probably should have warned her a bit better. The door ripped open and again slammed shut. Oh, my, bend, my bedroom window opened with a, and a gust of wind came in. It was freezing cold, and even though it was June, I could hear Liz muttering our father under her breath, her eyes wide open in fear. I kept trying to piss it off. Jesus loves you, yes he does. We both read, uh, we both heard a creak, ooh shit, we both heard a creak of my bed, and looked over, and I saw Liz gasp, there on the end of the bed, was an imprint as if someone had sat down on the edge of a bed. As a kid, that was one of my biggest fears in life. I heard a ghost story where a kid was in the bed and he felt his bed sag as if someone was sitting there. It scared the shit out of me. My other fear as a kid 
was looking into the mirror and seeing someone behind me. I don't want I didn't want to look at the large mirror over on my dresser. I had a feeling I'd see something I didn't want to. That was one of the best paragraphs in like Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. Anyway. I turned in the opposite direction of the mirror and uh happened to glance at the television like an idiot and turned on my TV. In the middle of the darkened reflective screen, I saw someone sitting in my bed that must definite that most definitely wasn't there. The harder I looked, the more details I could see. It looked like the same guy from Liz's dream. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lucy, Mr. Lucy, last name Fur. Mm. <laughs> uh, shit was coming full circle, or so it seemed. I could hear my heart thump faster and faster in my ears. It kept getting louder and louder until my ears were full of the rush of blood. And I couldn't hear much of anything. Then, all of a sudden, the roar of blood was replaced by the screams I had heard when Father Bob was at my apartment blessing me. The flash hit me with all the force in the world, it seems. My body was on fire. Couldn't hear anything. I tried to keep my focus, but it was extremely hard. I felt myself drop to the ground. Somewhere in my semi-consciousness, I could feel Liz next to me, trying to snap me out of it. But I couldn't focus at all on her. I tried to look around to see if I could see well. There was, there was nowhere to be found. There was nowhere in the room. I found myself roughly thrown onto my back, I felt my arms go out on either side and seemed to be sucked into the floor. Mm-hmm. My legs went straight out, Ooh. <laughs> and uh, I had the same feeling of being pulled into the floor. My vision seemed to flicker between my actual room and the flashes like an old TV set with a bad signal. It had never been this severe before. One second I could see the terror in Liz's eyes, and the next I would see her hung up by her neck, just like Will, bleeding through her eyes. What happens next I do not remember to this day. All I can remember are all the horrific things that slammed through my head. Vaguely, I remember Liz grabbing me and pulling me down to the floor, screaming at me and look her in the look at her and pray. That's about it. The only thing I do remember is the moment I felt everything go quiet. And that, folks, is a story for Liz to tell you. The story of how we made it go quiet. She is currently working on it and will update it she's done and this is the last part written by Liz apparently (laughs) the finale of this mediocre stage (laughs) it didn't start off mediocre it just got mediocre over time it's the writing style really I think this person just hopefully they became better at writing and they'll look back on this feel a little bit of pride and a little bit of cringe yeah so this is Liz I feel like an introduction is kind of necessary and polite. I've been reading all the Ouija board reddits, helped remember stories from that time period in our lives, and remembered a lot of crappy-ass shit that I had purposely blocked. We don't talk a lot about this stuff until recently because we were afraid that it would bring it back in force, so it faded into the echelons of my brain. That's why this took me so long to write. I had no one to help me remember this, and this is definitely the one I blocked the most. Now, I just look back and think, wow, I can't believe we lived through this. This is some badass shit. Not tooting our mostly Sarah's horns, but it's the truth. Hell yes to us. I I like that it's like it's a completely different person, Mm -hmm. but they write exactly fucking the same. (laughs) You are awful. Yeah. Anyway. 
I grew up super Lutheran. My parents were religious studies majors that met in college. My parents worked in the church my entire life. Ouija boards weren't just not on my radar until I met Sarah. When we decided to do it, I didn't think it would work. I wish it hadn't, though through all the shit we went through, it did strengthen my belief that there is good and evil out there and that good always wins when you want it to. And this is the story of our win. I'll start where Sarah left off. She was writhing on the floor, but her limbs were pretty stiff. That's not a good description, but it was the weirdest thing I had ever seen. I tried not to be scared shitless because I knew it ne I knew she needed me. When you see your best friend basically fighting for her soul on the ground in a mock crucifix-like positioning, you sober up pretty quickly. Believe me, those beers and shots disappeared. I didn't know what to do. I knelt down beside her and tried to shake her awake. As, as soon as I touched her arm, her head snapped over to me and her eyes went black. Honest to God, they were as black as night. She had this creepy smile on her face, similar to the one time in my apartment with the water in the hole, the power of Christ compels you thing, but this time it was scarier. If that's even possible, imagine a serial killer, serial rapist, terrorist, and sadist rolled all into one, sitting in, sitting on an electric chair waiting to die and being asked if they had any last words. Now imagine them turning to that one victim who got away, the one who brought them to justice and saying, see you soon, with a creepy smile, right before they pulled the switch. That's kind of what it looked like. It wasn't Sarah. I have no idea who it was, but it wasn't Sarah. I'll admit I recoiled a bit wouldn't you? But then I got my shit together. How dare this thing think it had the right to do this? Sarah was a great person. No one messes with my BFF, especially because it wanted to get to me. You want me? Then come at me. If this is our fight, fight me, bro. Not her. Come grabbed, at me, bro. I grabbed Sarah's, I use her name loosely here, arm again, and started praying. I'm not well versed in demon fighting. As religious as I may be, our primary focus is learning about God and shit, not about fighting demons. Praying is all I had in my arsenal until I could gauge the situation. That's not the right gauge. I shut my eyes out so I didn't have to see the creepy smile and black eyes again and just kept praying. Any prayer I could think of. I just kept saying it over and over and over. Nothing was going to stop me. At least I thought nothing would stop me. Over the sound of my voice and Sarah's growling, best way to describe it, sorry, I heard the third voice in some language I recognized but didn't understand. I was a bit surprised, to say that the least. I briefly opened my eyes and saw Sarah's mouth moving along with the words I was hearing. So to recap, she was not only making these groaning noises, but on top of it, she was speaking in some tongue. What the hell, literally? I also noticed that she was about three to four inches off the ground. Off the freaking ground, people. There weren't ten girls around her with fingers... There weren't ten <laughs> girls around her with fingers stuck under her. She was levitating right there in front of me. I pushed her down and tried to continue to pray as forcefully and confidently as I could. I could feel her skin go cold and hot back and forth under my hand. Again, weirdest feeling ever. I caught a few words of what Sarah was saying and recognized the language as some sort of old Aramaic that I had heard my dad speak a few times when he was doing his religious study projects, but I still had no idea what was being said. I didn't think to brush up on my Aramaic before coming to Sarah's sister's grab party. I kept praying, what else was I going to do? I had to buy time so I could figure out a plan. I wished I could see Will, like Sarah, for a lot of reasons, but mostly because I could- for a lot of reasons. Mm. But mm. mostly because I thought he could help me figure out what to do. I wasn't really jealous, per se. I didn't really want to see the crap Sarah saw or experience all that stuff, but I did want to see Will like she did. Mm -hmm. That's when an idea hit me. If I could get a small bit of Sarah back from whatever, sh wherever she was, and can get her to see Will, maybe he could tell me what to do. 
I noticed Sarah had started levitating again. This time, I had to put my body weight on her to get her back down. I had to go up on my knees and push her down on the ground. When I got her there, I stared point blank into the black eyes and creepy smile. I smiled back. I smiled like I would smile at Sarah when she would be upset. I made myself stare and smile while I quoted the most comforting and reassuring scripture I could think of. Intermixed, I started telling funny stories of our escapades together. You know the funny fucking story about Pat Benatar and Walmart and a lot more she didn't mention here? Like, I'm again, a call back to the stupid story I'm you didn't do anything with. The filler fucking part. This is the best thing no. about our friendship, the filler. We had it really good and we had it really bad. When it was good, it was really good and the best times of my life. When it was bad, well, you know how bad it was. Your life was fucking depressing. Going to Walmart was the best time of your I life. I kind of saw it like I was talking to a friend in a coma. Maybe something I would say would wake her up. Like, you know, my. Sometimes I pray when my dogs are going into surgery and they always come out alright. I kept praying and quoting scripture, just plain talking to Sarah. The smile started to crack. Yes, I kept at it. Her face started to contort in anger. I just kept staring at her eyes and even brushed some of her hair out of her face so I could see her eyes better. Sarah recoiled at my touch. Okay, something was working. I kept at it. Soon, I realized that her eyes were just a really dark poop brown, not black. I'd take poop brown over black any day. This is written, people. Gross. The Aramaic stopped. Soon, stopped. She was still groaning, but at least she wasn't speaking in tongues. I kept at it until I was making out with her. And I was on top of her. Speaking I with I your tongue. <laughs> Fantastic. I saw her eyes go wild and fear filled them. Yes, she was terrified, but she was back. She started hyperventilating, and her eyes were shifting all over the room. I didn't think she could move yet, but I tried to be as calming as I could. I don't really remember what I said, but it was something reassuring, I'm sure. Bitch, you can get through this, you dumbass, stupid fucking bitch. I just had to get her to calm down enough to listen to me. She kept looking at something in the corner. I looked back, but I didn't see anything. I kept talking to her and asking her if she could see Will. It was like it was going through one ear and out the other. I shook her again to get her attention. As soon as I saw her eyes focus on me briefly, I kept asking about Will. It was starting to get frustrating, but I didn't want to scare her by getting angry. I kept at it, and I think grabbed her face to force her to look at me. I, Sarah, just wanted to interject here. <laughs> Hi, Sarah, just want to interject here. I do remember this vaguely. I felt Liz pulling me down and remember looking at her and being hella surprised at how hella surprised at how calm she looked. The flashes had completely overtaken me, but now I could kind of see my room again. Nonetheless, there was a guy from Liz's dream in the corner, or at least it kind of looked like him. He had the same face, but his body was totally distorted. It was terrifying. It also looked like there was some sort of window behind him, but in my room there was no window in that corner. Outside of the window was hell personified. I won't say that it was the hell, but it was what I would perceive the hell to be. It scared the living shit out of me. I really tried to focus on Liz, but it was so hard. One, I couldn't move and that was terrifying. I could kind of tilt my head and move my eyes, but that's it. I was afraid that the guy would come over at any moment I wouldn't be able to run. Two, my whole body felt like it was burning from the inside. Three, I could hear so many screams and terrifying sounds in my head that I couldn't really react to. It felt like if I could just shake my head, the screams would go away, but I couldn't do that fucking 
terrifying. Four, it felt like I was being pulled both into the floor and into the air by really cold hands. I just wanted to shake them off. I wanted to get away, but I couldn't. I wanted to focus on Liz, but so much was going on that I couldn't. I started to get angry because I was like, what the fuck? I'm trying to move and need to focus on that. Not on your Bible passages, crazy lady. No, I can't see Will. I can't move. That's more important, don't you think? But every time I felt myself get angry, the guy in the corner would move closer. Mm. When I saw that she could focus on on me more than for three seconds, I asked her in my most calm voice if she could see Will. She shook her head slightly. I asked her, begged her to try. I just needed to talk to Will. She looked a few more times in the direction of the corner, and I kept looking too. I swear I saw something, but I have no idea what it was. It was only a flash. Maybe I kept my head turned too long. I don't know. But when I looked back at Sarah, her eyes were wide with fear and turning black again. I started with the Our Father and kept at it. No way she was going back to wherever she was. Not if I could help it. All of a sudden, the TV turned on to some fuzzy station. I guess it scared me. Well, I know it scared me. It broke my concentration, and when I looked back at Sarah, her eyes were black again, and the creepy smile was back. I tried to smile back, but Abaddon, whatever, started talking. This time in English, or at least I think it was English. I could understand it, but who knows. We could have been conversing in ancient Greek, for all I know. The words coming from my best friend's mouth were the lowest of low. All of my deepest, darkest insecurities were spewing out, That shirt makes you look fat. Anything that I had once doubted about myself was out in the open with a creepy smile and laughter to boot. I tried not to listen, but how can you not? Will says you didn't suck his dick. It's not like I haven't heard it all before in my head when I've been sad, but it's different to hear it coming from the body of your best friend. It ran the gamut from the generic, you look fat in that outfit, to more personal stuff. I'm glad I was right. Yeah. I'm not going into it, but I'm sad I was right. I'm not yeah. going into it here, but the next time you think something self-deprecating about yourself, imagine your best friend saying it to you with a smile. It sucks. I will admit, I started to cry. I don't think you'd blame me, but to my credit, I got over it a lot more quickly than I thought I could. I stopped listening and just got pissed. She had risen off the ground again, so I tried pushing her down. It was harder this time, but I managed. I prayed some more and then just said screw it and started talking to it directly. To my surprise, horror disgust, it started responding. Oof. I'm not going to even try to remember the conversation, but it was pretty screwed up. It was like a test. It was never explicitly said that it was a test, but I had this overwhelming knowledge that if... I said the wrong thing if I wasn't five steps ahead of it that I would lose Sarah and that was not happening period we bickered back and forth for quite a bit and I must have said something to piss it off because I could see that smile falter and a scream that sounded remarkably like Sarah's come from somewhere in her body it wasn't really through her mouth but it was from the general direction of her body sorry I can't adequately explain it I took that as my in to start praying again and talking directly to Sarah. Her eyes started getting brown again. Finally, I was tired, but I kept going. The smile faded completely and Sarah's wide-eyed, fearful grimace replaced it. She kept looking at the corner again. This time, I know. I grabbed her face and stopped her from looking that way. I tried to be calm but firm and tell her that she had to see Will. I could tell she couldn't see him, so I tried changing tactics. I'm not a liar and especially not a liar to Sarah, but I thought if there ever was the time for it, this would be it. I told her that I had summoned Will, and that he was standing behind me. Can't you see him behind me? I kept asking. He's right there. He wasn't, or at least I didn't know if he was, but something just told me to say that. I saw her eyes connect with something behind me. Then they'd go back to the corner. I'd grab her face again and try to make her focus. Do you see Will? 
I asked. She nodded, thank God. Ask him what I should do. It went back and forth a lot. Her staring at him and then breaking her gaze and trying to look into the corner, I kept making her focus on Will behind me and started asking questions. Questions that would really only require yes and no answers. One blink, yes. Two blinks, no. Stuff like, does praying help? Should I make it mad? Should I get the Bible? Stuff like that. There was a hell of a lot of other stuff, too. This honestly took me three to four hours because I'd keep losing her as soon as we got to the good questions and have to start all over. Mm. It's kind of like using your friend as a Ouija board. Yeah. Finally, I kind of understood what needed to happen. I still don't understand it to this day. I really don't. I wish I did because then I could help others, but I don't. What I gathered from Will was that I had to basically meditate and pray and that he would do the rest. That seems simple just writing it out, but imagine getting that from just yes or no answers while the room temperature fluctuated and the TV turned on and off and your best friend levitated. It wasn't easy, so I tried. I had never meditated before. I just tried to wipe my mind clear and focused on God and on the prayers coming out of my mouth. I won't get all religious on you. That's not what this is here for. You wanted to know the ending, and the ending just happens to have a religious connotation for me. I cleared my head and kept praying, and I had my hands on Sarah's shoulders so she wouldn't float away again. All of a sudden, I felt this overwhelming, calm sensation come over me, and my hands seemed to buzz and glow. I felt the buzz go through my hands and into Sarah's shoulders. Her eyes burst open, and she stared at me with this confused look. If she could have tilted her head in confusion, she would have. As my hands tingled, I could feel a burning sensation come back through. It was like one on the side of my arms, hands tingled towards Sarah, and the other side burned, coming back to me. I started seeing what Sarah had called flashes in my head. I got pretty scared, but I kept praying. I almost stopped. It almost stopped me, but I didn't. I don't know how I didn't. The only way I could describe it is that something more than myself made me continue to pray. This went on for a few more minutes until the burning seemed to let up a bit and the tingling increased. In whatever circuit I had created, most of the bad fire stuff was gone, but it was in my head. The flashes got worse and worse. It's strange because I know I was saying stuff to Sarah, but I have no idea what I was saying. I could consciously feel my mouth moving and sound coming out, but I wasn't controlling it. At first I was scared that I was now possessed, but realized the speaking was not a bad thing. The flashes were but whatever was coming out of my mouth was something that was good. The words coming out of Liz's mouth were not hers. She had a different cadence to her voice, and she said things that she normally wouldn't say, if that makes sense. All of a sudden, the flashes kind of exploded in my head. I could feel my body fall backwards, and as hard as I tried, I couldn't sit up. I was terrified. Was I possessed now? But then I saw Will. I only saw him very briefly, but he put his hands on my shoulders, just like I did Sarah's. And then I felt the flashes leave. I wish there were better words to describe this. As soon as the flashes were gone, so was Will. I couldn't see him anymore. I looked over and Sarah was there, curled up on the floor sobbing, but I could tell it was a good sob, not a bad sob. I went and joined her. We both just held each other and sobbed. Over sobs, I heard her say, it's quiet, Liz, it's quiet. We sat there for a very long time. We cried out years worth of pain and suffering, terror and fright. We cried until we couldn't cry anymore. We watched the sunrise, it was beautiful. And then we made mimosas. We did it. It was over. And that is our story. It ended exactly how you didn't want it to. Mm -hmm. At first I was mad at Sarah for telling this story because I was afraid to give the demon any power or credence for our misery. But I realized telling this could potentially help people and figure that was how we could spin this to make it a positive thing. So for God's sake, don't screw with a Ouija board. So that's it. 
Some residual stuff lingered after this big fight, but nothing we couldn't handle. It seems to be getting a bit more frequent as of late, but after talking with Liz, I think it's just because we told our story and it's pissed. If anything big happens, I will let you know. Thanks so much for reading, and for all of your feedback. I guess they approached it in a rather serious light by saying, like, I don't know, it's like a forum, and they treat yeah. it like a forum. And maybe that's, maybe we're missing something, you know? There, There is a disconnect mm-hmm. between reading something on a board... And then reading and, a story. And reading a story without the forum, you know. Maybe the author went more in-depth. Maybe they had a, you know, a fourth-dimensional conversation-breaking thing where they just, you know, shared some words. Maybe talked about topics, maybe incorporated points mm-hmm. into the story mm-hmm. just just to get at people, you know. But, There's definitely you know, stuff shit story doesn't, you know, yeah. whether it got nuts or corn in it, still shit. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it was terrible. It wasn't terrible. the worst, but it wasn't... I've definitely read yeah. bad stories on this show, and it wasn't, like, bad. It was just, like... Cliché. Mon- it was mundane. Yeah, it was cliché. I felt like Bedtime did the same thing. Bedtime was, like... You know, at the time of recording this episode 90, um, Bedtime had Part 2 hadn't come out yet, but... Mm-hmm. Um, just spoiling it for you, I suppose. Um, bedtime Part... Oh, wait, don't do that. You don't want me to do that. No, you like bedtime. Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, bedtime just, like, it goes in this direction that you don't think it's going to go in, and it kind of makes an action hero out of the protagonist, and this mm. one kind of tried doing the same thing. I will say bedtime is a better story than this one, but, you know, it still does the same thing, um, and to the same effect that, and this is my story, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Bedtime has better points, but Ouija Board uh, fell into, like, a perfect 90s movie yeah. that everyone forgot. Mm-hmm. This should have really gone the way of, like, Liz and Sarah becoming... Like, Insidious or something. I don't know. Yeah. It should have just been better. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. really, I really don't know. Like, I honestly thought, after your part, I mm-hmm. honestly thought... Well, during your part with the mm-hmm. whole walking possessed thing to yeah. the house, yeah. I really honestly thought that maybe we were wrong this entire time. They were going to throw a last chapter twist at us where Will has been the bad guy and mm-hmm. he's been trying to get to this fucking chick for so goddamn long that he had a part in something. And mm-hmm. I would have eaten that shit up because yeah. I just wanted this story to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's you know, the that, only shame that it was long and it didn't do anything. And that's exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head right there because there was no character arc or character development in this. They were the same throughout. We the started whole. off stupid and we ended stupider. Yep. There was no defining moment of like, yeah, we're gonna actually do something about this. We're gonna get up and fight this and. This is going to change me. Like, I guess that's a building in character, but I yeah. mean, it's this. We're equating it to a bully pushing a kid down in a playground. It's, it's a fucking demon. You don't mm-hmm. just. I'm gonna kill it. Like you didn't kill it. You didn't do anything. You dispelled it. It's it's eternal. It is evil. Like you even acknowledged that in writing this, you've been revisiting 
similar feelings. So you know it's still out there. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you writing the story and celebrating for? You didn't win. You fucking lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you it got, just it, got bored. You with got you. it out of your body. But yeah, like I'd like to think it got fucking bored with you. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad you agree with me though. But like, I mean. Even at the end of the day, I enjoyed reading it with you, which is yeah. like, you know, recently I would say uh, episode 86 was also like a big disappointment to me just because it was like, it was about a fucking outbreak. It was about a fucking infection and mm. it didn't do anything. And I was just like, no why did we Nothing read happened. 60 yeah. fucking pages and we have no clue if anything actually fucking happened? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I mean, this bitch brought up a fucking whole spiel about a trip to Walmart. You know what? And did nothing with it. You know what I'm finding that I disagree with. uh, Mm. After you know, this is the 90th fucking episode. We've Mm -hmm. we've been on. You've listened to I would say more than three quarters of them, Mm -hmm. and we've explored so many different avenues of storytelling and from different sources and Mm -hmm. everything. But only recently am I reading popular, and I'm putting quotes up to that because mm-hmm. that, that's not a sarcastic quote like the story. Huh? But this really? is like a this is like month winner yeah. no sleep, or like this is like third place on a month in no sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, like it either must have been slow, or maybe just the wrong people were were boosting it. Yeah, but like. This was wholly mundane. Mm-hmm. And well, I wouldn't call it mundane. It's just like you said, nothing fucking happened. I mean, yeah, yeah spooky shit happened. Scary things happened, but this wasn't resolved in any way. No one this went on a journey. New no one to got my changed. Yeah. This did nothing new. And that's why... And that's and that's why I'm disappointed. Is that well, my expectation? Mm-hmm. It's my expectations for no sleep mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. They're much higher. Are, bound, are boundary pushing. Yeah. No sleep for me is supposed to be a source I go to when I want to see something new done, mm-hmm. not just fan fiction bullshit. If I wanted that, I would go back to creepy pastas. Yeah. If I wanted that, I would go to fucking troll pastas. I would do something not serious. Yeah. This story didn't take itself seriously enough, and it's very clearly the way the person wrote it. Well, and we I'm not also, trying to sound yeah. like a prima donna or that I know yeah. how to write better, but like I'm 25 going on 26. I've taken enough writing classes to know that like there were serious basic errors here, yeah. and that if you had arced if you had arced, mm-hmm. you know, I did just finish writing an 80-page fucking manuscript for a graphic novel, but if you lay out your chapter outlines and you arc it in a way that it has a plateau, you know, a climax, and it ends on a certain point, in nowhere in that arc should you just be, like, pointless story that yeah, doesn't like, make okay, sense. Okay, and then we went or, to Walmart or, and we fucking posed or, with some guns. Or, like... Just just random shit yeah. said eight times over yeah. and over again. Uh, I just I didn't need it. I feel mm. like I feel like a full fifty percent of this story was padding. Well, we can also though give them sort of the benefit of the doubt because of the uh, the point of view of the author is as someone who's making posts on Reddit. So it's like kinda, but the 
in reality, Kinda. the yeah, author but the, actually wrote this as a story. Yeah, this is an eleven-part story that's going to go mm. pretty much five hours long. Jesus. And when you when you sit and think about that, well, I mean, I guess no, the episode's five hours long. I would say our reading has been about four, a little bit less than four. Mm. Um, but still, like I got through Pen Pal in three hours, and mm. Pen Pal is one of the best things I've ever fucking read. Mm-hmm. And then you read this for pretty much the same amount of time, more, and it does nothing. Mm-hmm. And Pen Pal was a fucking uh, creepypasta. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. F word. Anyway, I mean, we're gonna do a Grabbed by the Ghoulies, another another part of the Grabbed by the Ghoulies. This was initially supposed to be a Grabbed by the Ghoulies episode, but... <laughs> Django's uh, Django's busy, and this I knew this was going to take up its own mm-hmm. like two episode arc. So I I want to thank everyone for s- s- you know sticking in and listening. And you know if you disagree with us, if you think we're being too harsh on us, you know leave a comment. You know I I like I like criticism, I like critique, but you know maybe it was the inflection of how we read it, or maybe it was the experience mm-hmm. of of reading it online. Um, it definitely wasn't the drugs and alcohol, because let me tell you, those two things only help me like a good story and make a story better. When a story sucks, it makes the alcohol, uh, more evident. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It makes the weed all the more evident. Not that we do those things, we're good, wholesome Christian boys. Yeah, me, me, Captain Death, and Crying Hawaiian here are Lutheran. Yeah. Straight Lutheran. I mean, hey, sure. Better than being a fucking filthy Protestant. Ayo. I don't actually mean that. I don't even. I don't even know what that means. Um, but you said it, and that's all right. Well, um, I dated a Mormon in high school for like three years. Oh, word. I haven't talked about that ever on the show. Um, yeah. Uh, she she didn't believe in God that much either. Oh, okay. <laughs> I so mean, she, she wasn't like. I mean, she does, but she didn't. Was she like? Bought up in the cult? Was she? Was she all? Oh, about absolutely! That? Yeah, did, absolutely. Did she and I to took her like away a... from God's light. I absolutely did. Does that mean you? Oh, I, I absolutely did. Awesome! I did many things to and with her um, that showed me she did not care much about God. At the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> Mormons. Mormons are known for being virgins. For, for, you know, not having sex till marriage and telling you that you will go to hell if you do that. So, based on my interactions over the course of three years with this girl, I can say we are both very much going to hell. Is it true that they wear, like, an Under Armour? She, she doesn't, and she doesn't do the, um, this, the coffee or soda thing either. Like, you're not supposed to drink coffee or soda if you're Mormon, and she likes both of those things. Oh. Wait, I thought, I honestly thought the whole Under Armour thing was just bullshit. No, there's definitely a, um, a sleepwear. It's kind of like a dress for men and women. And they wear it all the time? No. They, oh. No, 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 no. They only wear it uh, before their prayers, uh, before they go to bed. And then they can choose to sleep in it. It's said you're supposed to sleep in it, but they're pretty lax on it because yeah. they they realize that it's saying you have to sleep in fine linens. I'm a bit of a rebel. I don't sleep in my linens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
yeah, it's a, wild a um, one on the it is, it compound. is just, it is accurately described as what you so aptly said as cult. Um, yeah, witnessed that shit firsthand. Still, um, nice people. You know, that's the one thing is like they're not like Catholics. They're not assholes to everyone. Um, even if Mormons don't believe in gay marriage, they're still like fucking nice to you. So I can't really shit talk Mormons that much. I really can't. It's just, um, it is very much a cult of ignorance and, um, and almost like a, a stubbornness <laughs> to a point. But, but yeah, they're not assholes. Right. I was great. I, yeah. I was raised, um, Christian. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked about it before, but like loose Presbyterian. So like mm. no one gave a shit. Mm. They were literally just like good people that just hang okay. out. But a real talk mm-hmm. in your honest opinion. Mm-hmm. No holds bars. Who do you think would win the fight? A Mormon or a Amish? Amish, absolutely. Amish. Amish would absolutely win because they work with their hands all day. They've been living without electricity. They're hardened by time and by trait and by... Weathered. Yes, very much so. Like old leather. Mormons are totally regular people with mm. just restrictions like daily restrictions mm. think of them no other way in fact think of them as like boneless stereo humans. stereotypically yeah boneless is good but like kind and like nice Aren't but like stereotypically like the south park thing isn't far off the way mm. you know they did um book of mormon the musical like that's not that's not an unfair stereotype. That's wow. That's actually what they're like. Well, if you know anything about Book of Mormon, I don't. But I mean, well, you know, I just got educated. The folks listening just got educated. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, the Amish would win. The Amish in, would win in the uprising. And uh, according to uh, uh, Captain Death of Lots of Pasta, uh, Mormon are just boneless Jews. You know, I would much rather have just had fun conversations with you for the past fucking three hours than, <laughs> than, than read the story. Because <laughs> we talk about fun shit. I liked. I like having you here. Next time... We just uh, have a sh- talking shit episode? Next time, um, I'm going to say we should, we should talk shit. We should smoke more. We should talk shit. And we should read something... Short, quick, mm-hmm. and and to the point. Yeah, maybe maybe mental health is the next episode you. Maybe and I, it is. Yeah, maybe that's the next episode you and I do. Well, of course, if you can find, I've always liked, Fosty and demons like, more. Like, you well, you make that's a deal so with. Wordy. What that's do you mean? So wordy, Faustian. I mean, episode sixty six, deal with the devil. Yeah. Did you listen to that? don't remember if I did or not. I might not it's have. It's me remember. and my old roommate, Space Cowboy, talking about uh, making deals with the devil. And then it's kind of... I referenced it in, in the last episode, too, huh. because the the story we read for the entire episode is instructions, like, like, yeah, the, like games with ghoulies, mm-hmm. on how to contact Lucifer himself. Yeah, I think I did read that, and it gave me an idea of, like, how seriously would... A, like professional CPA or lawyer take you if you're like all right you know just for shits and gigs not I mean not shits and gigs I'll pay you but write mm-hmm. up a, a good contract that for you know say musical abilities that would allow me to trade my soul for music but I won't get fucked over necessarily 
Like, give me an ironclad demon contract. Mm-hmm. And see what a lawyer comes up with, and just keep it in your back pocket. So if you are ever hanging around at crossroads, you know, getting drunk or whatever, this demon happens by, you're like, hey, dude, so listen, man, you're, you're collecting souls, right, man? So check this out, okay, dude? I got this contract here. See, I don't know why I became this person. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> the crossroads are in Edmonton for some reason, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I got this D here, demon contract, see? And, uh... If you uh, if you turn me into a rock Roger god, Bob. if you go ahead and turn me into a rock god, I'll uh, I'll hail Satan every day. You can have my soul. Oh, I'll hail Satan every day for free. <laughs> I'll only do it for sick instrument skills. Just put some years into it, you lazy fuck. No, when there are demons out there doing souls, why the fuck would I do that? Oh, dude, why didn't we just do a devil episode? God damn it. Anyway, hey, people who want a devil episode, go back and listen to 66. We were on several things for that episode, including Adderall. (laughs) If you listen to 66, we uh, we smoked a bunch, we did some lines, and we drank some uh, some Tito's. Telling you, man. (laughs) If life were a game, you guys got those combo points racked up. We really do, though. Space Cowboy would really appreciate that comment. Um, anyway, this was Lots of Pasta, episode 90. We're fucking, we are in the fucking stretch yep. to what is going to be the big one hundo. Mm. I can't even talk, Funny. I haven't talked about it and I'm gonna keep not talking about it. I want people to be <clears throat> caught off guard, you know, I want it to fucking surprise people. So I heard about it and it's gonna blow the tip of your nips off. And you know what? I decided I'm going to set it up as a completely different experience, too. So, oh. anyway, I'll, I'll talk so about it. So, even I'm out of the... I'll even no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, explain it. I'll explain it. But anyway, this was, this was the episode. You got any final words, crying wine? Yeah, uh, if you get knocked up and you knock a chick up instead of getting a boyfriend, you sell the soul of the devil for sick rock skills. Yeah.